So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> but not the symptom. members and happy pride Woo! yay last day of pride going out with a bang and i'm super excited to be here with my girl ariana she's right over there hi everyone <laughs> <laughs> trying to match kate's energy this it's early in the morning you gotta come gotta come up here you gotta come all the way up <sighs> see that's why you gotta have a nutritious breakfast every morning like i Ugh. do Oh, yeah? What did you have? Yeah. My fistful of munchies. My fistful of flaming hot munchies. Munchies. And then I balance it out with half of a key lime yogurt that I'm going to put back in the fridge and pretend I'm going to finish it. But I think we both know. We both know the truth. We both know. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about yogurt, Ariana. Stop talking about yogurt. God damn it. You're always talking about yogurt. No. It is our special pride pick. We just covered Disturbia, which was our first Pride pick, and we let the club members pick that one. Um, it is written by an LGBTQ filmmaker, and then uh, we were like, we have a little, a little something, a little something gay up our sleeves for you guys. <laughs> a little something, something, <laughs> a little something, something coming down the pipeline, and it's Rocky Horror. I'm so, so excited to talk about it, but I'm also mortified. I'm terrified. So, <laughs> let me just read you guys a text message that I got from Ariana. Oh, God. So, as <laughs> oh you know, um, I hold all my cards just facing out towards everyone. So, <laughs> <laughs> I have no secret. Right there on her sleeve 100% of the time. 100% of the time. Even as I'm developing my feelings, I'm explaining to you what I might be feeling. In real time. In real time. I just feel like you guys need to know. Everyone needs IRL. to know. <laughs> IRL. And I messaged this bitch right here. God. I was kind of, so I don't know if it's immediately apparent, but Rocky Horror is extremely important to me. It's a really, really important movie. I wanted to cover it very, very badly. And it's important to a lot of people, um, but most importantly, me. So I <laughs> messaged Ariana just trying to play it cool because we hadn't talked about how we felt about this movie. And I said, I'm just kind of like dipping my toe in the water. And I'm like, hey, Being so casual. excited. Yeah. Also, I don't talk like this normally, so I feel like it was pretty obvious. That it was, was extremely at. obvious. I was like, what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> What's about to happen? I was like, hey, girl, so excited <laughs> to cover Rocky Horror with you. And she just responded, lol, with like eight <laughs> different L's. I knew what you were asking and I wasn't going to give it to you. I wasn't going to tell you. I, and I still don't know because you don't. You gave me nothing. So for all weekend, I have been horrified that I'm going to yeah. get here and you're going to be like, this movie is trash and you're trash for loving it. I mean, to be 100% you know, transparent, I was pretty drunk when I sent that text. <laughs> 
You bitch. <laughs> You're like, LOL. Anytime there's like 15 letters after something I've said, it's because I'm drunk. There were no emojis. There's nothing. It's just lol. I'm like, oh, no. Lol. <laughs> I can't, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, like we're going to talk, all right, guys, listen, we're going to talk about all of it. For my Rocky Horror Virgins, I got you. We're going to explain what this movie is because it <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. I'm uh, going to hit the highlights. I'm going to, you're going to walk away from this episode with superior pop culture skill. Yeah, even if you haven't seen this. Even if you haven't seen it. Hopefully you'll be motivated to go and watch it because you should definitely watch it. And then for my Rocky Horror super fans, you know I got you. I got you. We're going <laughs> to talk about the original stage show. We're going to talk about the musical. I'm here for Ooh, a musical. Yeah, tell me about that. I'm excited. Oh, I'm going to tell you all of it. Everything from the inception, <laughs> from when this was just a kernel in Richard O'Brien's brain, to Tim Curry putting the garter on. I have everything. Oh, yes. I got receipts. And I got fun fact for days. And it's been torture. It's been torture because I, I, you know, I watched this movie. I've seen this movie before. When did you first see this movie? You know, I, um, I probably like when I was like 25. So not that long ago. So like last year? No. <laughs> yeah, truly. Like I didn't grow up watching this movie, which is. That is crazy. I, I just kind of watched it out of like embarrassment for myself. I was yeah. like. I, yeah. Ariana's like, you should. That's crazy. <laughs> Because it was like on Hulu or whatever it was on three years mm-hmm. ago, and it popped up, and I was like, I, this, I'm just gonna ha- click. <laughs> Hulu <laughs> like, was like, wait, you haven't seen Rocky Horror? Hulu's like, who are all, you? All of the all the movies are Rocky Horror Picture Show today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have one option, and we're gonna start playing it automatically. Automatically, <laughs> <laughs> we're t- just time warping right in. <laughs> and so I was like, God, I really need to. Have, how have I not watched it this long? And so I watched it and immediately fell deeply, madly in love with it. And yes. we're going to talk more about that. And I, got, I can't even look Ariana in the eye right now. I'm so nervous <laughs> about how she feels about this movie. I'm so nervous. But I watched it this weekend twice. So I watched it once on Saturday with Emma, which mm-hmm. was super cute. Yeah. Um, she loves it too. And then I watched it again mm-hmm. on Sunday with Nick. And it wasn't because... <laughs> It wasn't because Nick wanted to watch it with me. He could have watched it Saturday. Of course. But I was, of course. I was just like, hey, I want to watch it again. Like, will you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Will you watch it with me? So I had, I was like all Rocky Horde up whenever I went to work on Monday. And I was just trying to be really cool. Oh, really? I'm, I am bursting with all these fun facts. I'm like, I need to talk about Tim Curry right now. And they're like, your patients are waiting for you. Like, can you please? You're like whispering into a dog's ear. You're like, did you know? Yes. I was just like, is no one going to bring up Tim Curry today? (laughs) No one? All right. So I am busting at the seams to talk today. I'm so, so excited. Yeah. We're going to talk about all all the stuff. And obviously, the most important thing, the reason that we're here, we're going to talk about the cultural impact of this movie Mm -hmm. on the gay community. Because this is an important movie for a lot of people. It's super important. And, you know, it's obviously, for the obvious reasons, it's campy. It's hilarious. Every single song is an absolute bop. But mm-hmm. it's all it, the message is incredible. It, it embraces self-expression, um, self-freedom, and it was in, in the seventies, in the early seventies. Yeah, and I'll, yeah. I'll talk more in detail, kind of about the the gay timeline there, because the fact that this movie happened at all is incredible, and the only reason that we have it and know about it today in twenty twenty two is because of its uh, queer fans, essentially. 
Yeah. But I have a really good quote that I wanted to read that resonated really strongly with me. I didn't grow up watching this movie, so I wanted to read from people who grew up watching it or what their experiences were whenever they first watched this movie and what it meant to them. Yeah. And I have a really great quote from Curtis M. Wong. He's a senior culture reporter for HuffPo. He's one of their queer voices, and he posted... Rocky Horror is a movie by, for, and about people who feel like aliens and outsiders. And the movie says to them, don't worry, you are not alone. People like us can find each other at parties in the movie and at parties in real life. And I Mm. thought that was just... That's right, Curtis. That is the message. And that resonates really strongly with me. I'm very fluid in my sexuality as... Mm -hmm. um, you know, as Schitt's Creek has explained to, to the world at this point, <laughs> some of us just like the wine and not the label. Yeah. And so to, to see people like that on screen in a movie that is just so beautiful and perfect and Tim Curry, it was just like, where have you been all my life? Very important yeah. to me. Watch it twice in a weekend. So now Aww. that I've gotten that out of the way, Ariana, <laughs> <laughs> just tell me. What do you what do you think? Do you like oh, it? Okay. Please like it. What if you This don't? is what I'll it's, say. Listen, it's okay if you don't. It's okay if you don't. <laughs> it's fine. So the first time I was introduced to this was standing in line at Halloween Horror Nights. They were playing the time warp on the TV to entertain you while you're waiting two hours for a two minute <laughs> experience That's in cool that they were showing this. Every time I, I know. wait two hours, it's just like Yeah random b-roll that's cool so that's the first time you saw it yeah so that was um the first time I went which would have been in like middle school so I hadn't seen it at that point but I knew that it was from Rocky Horror and I had heard of it but I had never seen it and I think I probably saw it for the first time about like a couple years after that so I probably was in middle school or early high school and I think like you I watched it on my own because I was pressured by a streaming service. I think they were like, wait, you like musicals, like you need to watch this. And I was like, all right. I guess I thought that it was more of like a scary movie and less of like a comedy. And so when Uh I first saw it, I didn't realize that it was meant to be funny. So I was like, what am I watching? Like the narrator being corny. Like I was like, what? Like, is this, is this a serious movie? Like, and there were a couple like very overt jokes that I was like, okay, they're trying to be funny now. But the majority of the time I was like, what is this? Like, what's the vibe? Like, I don't understand. What's the vibe? Yeah, exactly. And so I, I watched it then and have not watched it until recently when I was preparing this for the, preparing for this podcast. Oh, wow. And yeah, and re-watching it, I tend to do like a little bit of research before I start watching it, especially if it's been a long time before, you know, since mm-hmm. I've seen it. And I was like, oh shit, this is meant to be funny. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like making fun of its contemporaries. You know, that's why there's like yes. an awkward narrator. And, you know, the themes are even making fun of the contemporary like horror themes of the time. And I didn't realize that until I read that. And I was like, oh fuck, this is hilarious. And then it changed my view you know, my second viewing and it was definitely significantly more positive. And I was like, Oh, I understand why everyone fucking loves this. Plus like (laughs) I've been in a very hardcore, like RuPaul's drag race phase over the last like five years. Can you call it a phase, Ariana? (laughs) It's been as long as I've known you. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So I was like, this is great. (laughs) It's not a phase. I admit it it's not a face (laughs) obsessed I love texting you um and just just sometimes I'll text you just get you riled up a little bit about RuPaul (laughs) 
Like, I'll be like, which season is the best season? And oh I my think God, say, Kate trolls me all the time. It's the worst. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. This season's kind of bad. And you get so... Kate's like, they're I'm so like, mean to each other. And I'm like, okay, they they're joking, though. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> they're joking sometimes. I feel like... That's they this troll movie people, they troll each other, and it's hilarious. And Kate is like, oh, but they're so mean. <laughs> I'm like, they're not being sweet to each other. Everybody <laughs> hug. <laughs> I would get uh, eaten alive on RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, my God. Saying. So wait, does I that mean that. that you like this movie? Yes. Oh I understand God. now. I think it's freaking hilarious. I didn't know it. I thought it was being serious the first time I saw it. And I was like, what? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> but yeah, like what is what is the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yeah. If you haven't seen it or if you are just like an alien coming to this planet and someone shows you this movie, <laughs> you're like, which genre is it? Because like I was trying to pick a film yeah. genre for this movie. Holy yeah. shit, what a hard job. Normally yeah. I'm just like, garbage can horror, LOL. Clown nose horror. And I just walk yeah. away. I spend like two seconds yeah. on it and I'm like, Corn well. horror. Like. Yeah, corn horror. Okay, my best. I'm never going to top that one. That is an amazing, yeah. Because so Definitely. many movies fit in with it. It's insane. Corn horror. Yeah. Think about corn it, Corn scary. Corn scary. And then this one, I'm like, okay. It's obviously, okay, it has horror in the title. Uh, <laughs> but it yeah. also has musical in the title. Yeah. But it's it's also a comedy. Mm-hmm. But it's also a sci-fi. <laughs> it could be all of those things at the same time. It and it is. And that's why yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. It's like a, if maximalism was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like we're not gonna pick. <laughs> it's like we're gonna give you everything you've ever wanted in one movie <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now, buckle up. Yeah. <laughs> and if you and I and so I did some um obviously I did a lot of research about this movie and cuz I'm I was you know I'm a 90s baby. I didn't grow up in the 70s. I didn't grow up in the definitely didn't grow up in the 50s. So I I only I kind of understood what they were going for, but not all. I didn't quite understand it until right. I looked it up. But basically it's like a tribute slash parody Mm-hmm. For these old school science fiction and horror B movies of like the 30s, 40s, 50s. And mm-hmm. so it's it's very intentionally like campy and schlocky with horror elements. Yeah. But if I had to sum it up in one sentence, I know I've just kind of rambled about it. <laughs> but I would say it's a sci-fi about sexy transsexual aliens. <laughs> and if that doesn't comedy. hook you. Comedy. <laughs> comedy <laughs> but also I cried also it's amazing at the end also I wept yeah <laughs> doesn't really say much so. but yeah no I know truly I cry at everything but I do I did cry at this so it counts <laughs> so I'm so excited to talk about this movie more I'm so glad that Ariana likes it because I would have absolutely moped I know <laughs> this would have been our last episode if I <laughs> did not like it would have broken up <laughs> that would have been it no, I braced myself. Like, even Nick. Nick was like, Kate. Because Nick loves it. But he was like, Kate, it's okay if she doesn't like it. <laughs> oh, my God. Nick has my back. So this is why me and Nick, we vibe. He knows me. <laughs> he knows. He knows. He's like, Kate, you love Ariana. It's okay to not like the same thing sometimes. Because yeah. I'll show him a wallpaper and he won't like it. I'm like, why not? <laughs> Explain it. We ha- we're not on the same page anymore. <laughs> I know. I thought I knew you. <laughs> but before we get into Rocky Horror further, which we will, um, it's time for club bulletins, y'all. We got to catch Ooh. you up. What's going yeah. on in the club? So, in the club. Um, 
and a club and a club we all fam <laughs> we all fam <laughs> we all fam and a club we see that a lot it's from broad city in case you're wondering yes. which is an amazing no i want TV them to show. think that we're hilarious <laughs> everything funny we say is from something it's from broad city <laughs> yes yeah, from broad city specifically into club we all fam well welcome to the club everybody welcome back if you've been here before if you're new welcome uh you don't know it but you are also part of the club just by listening to it um but we do have a couple of new club officers (gasps) so our club officers those are our patrons supporters they go and they support our club on patreon so we can keep making content so we can keep watching rocky horror picture shows so thank you guys (laughs) And I can't tell you who they are because they haven't sent me their pronouns yet. So <laughs> check you guys, your email. You know who you are. Check your email. <laughs> tell me your pronouns. You know who you are. But we got two of them, and and I'm really excited to introduce them. Very very excited. Next time. Next time, and just a a big a big little shout out that if you <laughs> like if you like this club. Uh, please, we need some reviews and ratings. That's how we keep relevant in the Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast algorithms. That's how people find us. That's how we grow to club. So <laughs> please, if you feel so inclined, give us a review. Um, if we like it, we'll read it on air. Meaning if it's not super, super mean. If oh. it's really mean, we may still read it on air. It's either- <laughs> Make your decision. Do you want to make Kate cry? <laughs> podcast. Do you want to be the reason Kate's crying today? Yes. Ariana's no? right typing furiously on her phone right now. I know she's writing yeah. a review. I'm reviewing <laughs> Kate personally right now. On my phone. <laughs> you're like, and her haircut doesn't really frame her face very well. And <laughs> she needs bangs, guys. She needs bangs. God, I wish. No, not with this three head, honey. It does not work. Um, but. Thank you. If you if you're gonna review us, we really appreciate it. But also, I want to talk about the next poll. We're, don't worry, we're, we're not done with Rocky. Ooh. But the next poll. So we post polls for what movies we're gonna cover. We post them on Instagram. Uh, our next one, I'm really excited about. Um, we just did Asian Pacific Islander horror pick. We just did a Pride pick, and we did 80s nostalgia pick. And our next one is going to be. Creature feature? Is that right? Ooh, yeah. I'm excited about that. So think of a movie with a, just a good creature. We're ready for a good creature feature. <laughs> Lady in the Water. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Stop <laughs> suggesting Lady in the Water. We're not going to cover Lady in the Water. <laughs> uh, doesn't it have like Paul Giamatti in it or something? <gasps> yes, it does. It's like the main character. It does. <laughs> fuck that's so weird why is he you know what we're not i'm not talking about stop trying to get me to watch lady <laughs> in the water stop bringing up lady in the water <laughs> but that's all i have for club bulletins that's what's going on um oh we forgot about the competition oh yeah we have a new competition so if you haven't been on our new website you should go but there is a competition for people like you who think they know horror movies real well it's (laughs) it's an image of scream queens and i think there's like 11 10 or 11 of them and they're all having a cutesy sleepover party and watching a movie together and the competition is if you can name every scream queen correctly then we'll send you a free nightlight horror movie club sticker and we've already had people 
that have guessed correctly. So we have a lot of... Oh my God, really? Yeah. We have some very smart listeners, obviously, people who know Screen Queens, like all of you guys. So if you feel like you're confident, go play. It's on our website. I felt confident in that I did play and I didn't win. <laughs> it, lost. Like, I, got, no. I did lose. I was so close. But There's the, a couple... The couch, the couch ones are tricky. They're yeah, tricky on the couch. The couch are tricky, but the... The thing is, you have to look at what they're holding. You have to look at what they're doing. And every single Scream Queen is from one of our episodes, except for one. But the one that is not from one of our episodes, I feel like is pretty obvious. She has an item next to her that's pretty much gives her away. Yeah. I think that yeah. if, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give you a hint that people keep telling me that we need to cover that one on the show. But that's all I, I can tell you. Love you guys got to earn that sticker. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Gotta earn it. It's hard. It's it's hard. It's it's really cute. It's like everyone's at a little slumber party, but it's um uh challenging. I did not get it right, so did yeah. you get it right? Um well, you designed I it. I mean <laughs> I designed it, so yeah. <laughs> it is challenging though. I do understand why it's challenging. Some of the characters are in the back of the scene, so it's hard to see what they're doing. But you just really gotta pay attention to who they're sitting with, what they're doing, and what's around them. And it's you know, once you start looking, it's like a little I spy game. Once you see those things, and it's pretty easy, I think. I spy, yeah, it is like Scream Queen I spy. It's fun, it's yeah. a good time. Go check it out. And if you can get all but like one or two, like I'll give you a hint. Like email us and I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a little, a little hinty hint. A little hinty hint. Well, that's all I have for the club bulletins. Do you have anything else? Um, No, I don't think so. I think that's all I have too, yeah. So back to Rocky. So if you haven't already figured it out, this film's a big deal. Mm. But it's not just me who thinks so. So in 2005, it was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress, which is oh, wow. very cool, which means it is... And I quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. I think this one is all three. All of those, yeah. All of those. And it has a huge international cult following. It's considered one of the greatest musical films of all time. And uh, as I've already, already said, more importantly than that, this movie was massively influential for the LGBTQ community then and now. Uh, so before I can get into the movie, which we will, I want to talk about the original stage musical, if I may. Oh, yeah. Tell me. I don't know anything about this. Uh, I know all of it. <laughs> tell me everything. I know everything. Here's the thing. I probably don't. There's gonna, there are people who are much bigger fans than me that go every single Saturday and they throw their toast and jingle their keys and Aww. throw the toilet paper rolls at the screenings. And they're going to write in and say, Kate, you don't know what you're talking about, you ignorant slut. And <laughs> Kate, you ignorant just slut. Just know I'm doing my best, y'all. <laughs> my heart is in the right place. Have you been to one of those interactive screenings? I never have. <gasps> what? I never have. It devastates me. And I know that they do them in my city. I know they do. Wow. I want to go. It looks like a blast. I've never been to one either. I've been to one for... The Room. Are you aware of The Room? <laughs> of course I'm aware of The Room. Are the listeners aware of The Room? It's a fucking hilarious movie, but they also have interactive movie showings for that one. That's fantastic. Like a rowdy showing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where you throw stuff at the screen and whatever. Oh, that's incredible. I went to a mm-hmm. rowdy showing of Cats. <laughs> oh, really? Wait, tell me one thing that you did. Um, 
whenever Jason Derulo, aka Rum Tum Tugger, comes out, we all had shots of milk that we were supposed to shoot. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Everyone gets and diarrhea, they, lactose Yeah, truly. Because, <laughs> like, they came up to me ahead of time. Like, I have fully painted on whiskers and stuff. They're like, had a oh. little, they had, like, a little station. They're like, do you want to paint whiskers on? And, and I you're made like, Nick yep. go with me. And I was like, yeah, you don't, like, don't, you don't have to ask me twice. Like, the whiskers are drawn on. Andrew, did Nick put them on? in competition. No, he didn't put them on. <laughs> Why not? He put on cat ears for me to get one photo, and then he's like, yeah, oh, do you need me to wear these the whole time? Or may I, I please off? take these off now? <laughs> and then the servers at the um, theater came around at the beginning before it started, and were like, hey, like, at some point you're going to shoot some milk. What kind of milk you want? We got <gasps> almond milk, oat milk, <laughs> regular oh, milk. Like, they had vegan yeah. options. They did. They had vegan, vegan nice. milk to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> So that nice. was part of my experience, if that gives you any insight. So I cannot, all right, how about this? Next time that I am in the same city as you, which is hopefully yeah. soon, yeah, we find one and we go. Sounds good. We're going to do it. We're Sounds great. It. And I'm going to be stoked. prepared. There's a whole website. There's the Rocky Horror, like, official website that like, <gasps> explains, it explains all the rules for the Rocky oh, Horror wow. Virgins. And it has and little tells illustrations. You yeah. Oh, it tells you amazing. how to be cool, how to be hip. <laughs> but you have to dress up also can we dress up to, oh i was gonna say yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously god and i and i don't even know who i want to be i have to think i was about gonna it say i want to be who? all of them yeah i mean i want i want to be tim but i don't think i kind of i want to be tim in like the green hospital gown with the pink gloves and the pearls <laughs> i want and the pearls to be that. <laughs> i'm gonna be lady version of rocky and wear <gasps> Yes, a gold uh, bodysuit. <laughs> can we please spray tan you, please? Yes. Wait, can we spray tan abs on me? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> you have to glisten. You must and glisten. I'll, I'll bring the little like candy weights that he gets Rocky for his birthday. Oh my god! Yes, it'll uh, be so easy to. Did make. we just figure out our Halloween costume? Wait, are we doing this? <laughs> are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> well, back to the stage musical. We're not there yet. It's not time, okay. Ariana. Classic. I'm so excited about this excursion <laughs> that we have planned. So the original stage musical, it was in 1973. It was called just the Rocky Horror Show. And there's four main creative members of that team that you're going to need to know about. The first one is Richard O'Brien. So Richard O'Brien mm. did the music, the lyrics, and the book for this play. And wow. he's also Riff Raff in the play. Yeah. And also Riff Raff in the, in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so it, this is his movie by all intents and purposes. <laughs> it's Richard O'Brien's movie. Wow. And he was this out of work actor in London. And he basically wrote this book to keep himself busy on winter evenings in London. He was a really big fan of sci-fi and B-horror movies. And he wanted to combine something that was like he really liked the unintentional camp of B-horror movies. Yeah. But he also liked the really like inflated like pretentious dialogue of like the old school schlocky horror, like the typical low budget sensational plot over the top special effects aesthetic. (laughs) It sounds like I'm just describing this movie, but like that's I know, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like yeah, he hit the nail right on the head. Like he got it. He he's like, I also want like fifties rock and roll mixed with glam rock because glam rock was getting pretty popular in like early seventies London. So yeah, basically everything I described, if you've seen the stage musical or the film adaptation, you know that O'Brien hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. I heard that he wanted to be Dr. Frankenfurter and they were like, mm, no, you he, kind of I, feel I heard more like a different. Riff. Oh, really? What? I mean, but you, yours might be right. Who knows? This happened like 50 years ago. 
Yeah, I know. Who knows? But and I feel like they aren't going to really admit something like that. But I mean, I saw that on the trivia that he was like upset that they wouldn't let him play Dr. Frankenfurter. Yeah, because he wasn't the director. He got a different director. Right, right. Exactly. His plate was full doing everything else. (laughs) Everything else. He had a lot going on. (laughs) Oh, and and a fun fact um, about O'Brien is he identifies as third gender. Oh. He has like, he's talked a lot about it. He's, he's not really non-binary. It's more, it's more like he, in his terms, he says that he feels almost like 30% female, 70% male. (gasps) Wow. Which I think I thought was really interesting. And he uses he, him pronouns. So. Wow. And I have a really cool quote from him that I liked. He, He says, there is a continuum between male and female. Some are hardwired one way or another. I'm in between. Do you know what year he made that statement? Like, was it really early on or was this like, because I feel like that's really ahead of his time if it was, you know, like 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I think, I think that, um, I think that non-binary and third gender wasn't really well understood in the seventies. Exactly. That's safe to assume. So I think that he probably certainly felt these feelings and felt this identity, but I don't know that he had the words to express them until more modern times. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this quote was from the nineties. Okay. If I, if I okay. remember correct, correctly. Okay. But I do want to, don't worry, I'm going to get into like what this movie did for the queer community. I'm going to talk to it like at length. Yeah. But I just thought it was very, very cool that O'Brien himself like identifies with his content the way yeah. that so many other people growing up did. Really yeah. cool. Really cool. Obsessed mm-hmm. with him. Also, his tenor is like incredible. <laughs> we'll yeah. I was going to say he's a great <laughs> singer for sure. He's and a, he's, he's amazing. Hilarious. Yeah. He's delightful. He's perfect in every single way. And I'm obsessed with him. So that's Richard. That's O'Brien. Rich. Um, then you have Jim Sharman. Jim Sharman was the producer and director. He was from Australia. He was an Australian film and stage director. And at the time, he had recently got a little bit more popular because he directed and produced the original Australian productions of Hair and then Jesus Christ Superstar. Ooh. So he and Richard linked up somehow. And he was like, hey, here's like this book for a play that I wrote. What do you think? And he was like, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that's wow. how we got Jim. We got Richard. Yeah. We got Jim. Then Tim. We got to talk about Tim. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, Tim Curry. <laughs> this Let's movie would him. not be what it is without Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Tim. So Tim is the one and only Dr. Frank Inferter. If you're unfamiliar with the film or the show, uh, Dr. Frank Inferter is... Um, I wasn't really sure. I'm like, is he the protagonist? Is he the antagonist? <laughs> I know. I know. It's hard I to think know. He's kind of in between. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's as black and white as we all think it is. Right. And I think that's kind of the point. I'm like, oh, yep. I get it now. Because I was like trying to put him in like one category or the other. I'm like, I think I just missed the point a little bit. Yeah. But he's yeah. this. He's a bisexual cross-dressing mad scientist, right? Like that's who he is. <laughs> He's a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> he's perfect. He's perfect. And he oh. is an absolute riot in this movie. Yeah. I just can't believe this was his first movie. This was his first movie ever. I know. He had I done can't believe that. Some, some, some stage productions. And um, he li- was living on Paddington Street in, in London. And there was this old gem just like a few doors down. And he just saw Richard O'Brien on the street. And like they were friends. And uh, he was like, yeah, what are you doing? And O'Brien was like, yeah, I just went to the gym to see if I can find a muscle man who could sing. <laughs> Casually, obviously. <laughs> just aren't we all looking, aren't <laughs> we all looking for a muscle man that can sing? Let's be real. 
Tim <laughs> asks no further questions. He's like, got it. Good for He's you. like, oh, yeah, Good for same. You. Oh, obviously, best of luck. Um, but he, he did ask. He's like, why do you need him to sing? Which I think is a hilarious response. <laughs> yeah, He's like, fair. A, you got a muscle man. Why does he need to sing? And he told him that his musical was about to be done. And, hey, you should go talk to Jim Sharman. He's, he's going to be my producer and my director. And then gave him a copy of the script. And oh Tim was just like, oh, if this works, it's going to be like a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think he completely understood the vibe. I think he at did. the beginning... At the beginning, he was so good. At the end, he was so good. When his character gets more complicated, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning, I'm like, okay, like, this guy's a very flat character. But then at the end, it's, like, so complicated. And he still is, like, so good. And I'm like, so now good. I feel bad for you, even though you're kind of the bad guy, but not really. I know! <laughs> <laughs> I was literally crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, a sad moment. so much. It's a sad moment. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> and Tim, like, not only did he understand the assignment, he kind of curated this entire role. Not not, to, not by himself. He had the script to go off of. And initially, he thought that it was just like a typical ma- like la- white lab coat mad scientist role when he took right. it. Oh, my no. God. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not. But basically, he and Jim and O'Brien, he and Richard, they kind of decided, they were like, well, we're going to let kind of Tim play with it a bit. And so Tim is the person who said that he shouldn't just be a queen. He Mm. should speak like the queen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he modeled his dialogue after Queen Elizabeth. Yes. Because originally they were going to try an American accent at first, and then they tried German. And then he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I I, I got it. Which makes it just like, perfect. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't have a German accent. I feel like that would have been too much. Too much, which is crazy to even think that anything could be too much because this whole movie (laughs) is kind of too much, right? In the best way. Yeah. But I I love that he's British. (laughs) Love that. Same, same, yeah. And then the fourth original member of the creative team that I want to mention is Sue Blaine. She was the costume designer for the play, the stage and the film production. Right. So if if you've seen it, you know that that is no small feat. (laughs) That's a big job. Oh, my God. Yeah. So she's and now she's basically credited as creating the look that became the template for punk rock fashion because this was early 70s. Wow. And um, she's just super. She's got like a lot of respect in the filmmaking and stage community. And also respect from early fans. She's she's one of the audience participation lines where um, it's it's like, you know, so the audience participation lines, which is whenever you go to the rowdy midnight screenings of Rocky Horror and you're throwing toast, you're throwing toilet paper, you're shouting back lines. And there is kind of a script for it, for what what you're supposed to say and when. And um, one of them is a line where someone says, I can't remember who it is. A character says that something is to blame. I think it might be Dr. Scott. Something is to blame. And an and as an audience member, you're supposed to shout out, no, Sue's to blame. <laughs> For <Aww>. blame. <laughs> Which I just thought is really cute. <laughs> yeah, that's really cute. Aww. It's like, we see you. That's nice. So, it, that's nice. That's very nice. Yeah. I heard that she invented the torn fishnet aesthetic. Like, that did not <gasps> exist before this movie. Sue, I had no idea the impact you've had on my life. <laughs> I love Still a torn relevant. Fishnet. Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> Sue! That was like fifty years ago. I know, and it's crazy. I still like I see a pair of like not torn leggings, like fishnets. I'm like, you forgot to tear them. You forgot to. It's tear really them. embarrassing for you. <laughs> <laughs> this square. is too perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
oh, I didn't know that. But it, it, I believe it. And it makes absolute sense. Yeah. Especially if you think about like what punk rock fashion became after this movie. So that's the show, the Rocky Horror Show. It ran for almost 3,000 performances in London in 73. It was a huge success. It was lauded as like a creative triumph. Um, so they were like, all right, let's take this shit to L.A. So they went to L.A. in 1974. They had most of the same cast, like, well, some of the same core cast. They had Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still had Richard O'Brien as Riff Raff. They had the original Magenta in Columbia. And they had to get a new Dr. Scott, and that's whenever they got meatloaf <laughs> oh yes meatloaf fucking meatloaf <laughs> comes out of nowhere literally. just when you think that you're maybe not in a fever dream meatloaf <laughs> is there and then you're like meatloaf oh wait is there on a motorcycle <laughs> on a motorcycle brain riding out of a deep freezer <laughs> singing hot patootie singing yeah like what the hell like literally what, what? kind of fucking fever dream it's so great though <laughs> we'll talk about that scene more but like that was the scene that was the most confusing for me that was the most like I, like I was like full body in shock like what is yeah. going on what is that meatloaf that looks like meatloaf <laughs> so meatloaf was hired in 1973 um if you don't know who meatloaf is um meatloaf is one of the greatest rock and roll voices of the 70s mm. uh bad out of hell came out in 1977 though so we didn't have He wasn't that famous yet. Oh, really? Or famous at all. Yeah, because this was 74 in L.A. at this point, and Bad Out of Hell was 77. What about the song that's like, something do everything for love? That's from Bad Out of Hell. What's wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jesus. Someone's mom didn't make them listen to this album on repeat their entire childhood. And it shows. Nope. And it shows. Gina, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you because I know this album. She's cultured. Unlike me. I'm uncultured swine. It's fine. I'm not like a huge Meatloaf fan. I just know that album. Just it's just like one of the best selling albums. And it's a musical. Fun fact. I'm never gonna stop talking about musicals, even while I'm already talking about a musical. Bad out of hell was a musical not that long ago. It was on Broadway. When I was in New York City, I saw like bus billboards and all sorts of signs for it I'm I'm sure it was amazing I I don't want to look it up and find out it wasn't so (laughs) meatloaf I'm just gonna assume it was great let's just meatloaf let's just assume and I did say I did say Dr. Scott they needed to replace the role of Dr. Scott but Dr. Scott and Eddie in the stage production were the same actor oh Um, because Eddie is doctor is revealed to be Dr. Scott's nephew and they're never on stage at the same time you'll find out why when we go through the plot um But Meatloaf was hired to be Eddie. And at that time, it was it was like, I think I have a direct quote from it. <laughs> he says, I really didn't know what the play was about. Somebody said, we'll pay you $270. So I'm there, babe. <laughs> $270, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got it. And then he shows up and he kind of figures out what the script is. They're, they're going to hire him basically if he can handle the song Hot Patootie. Because... Yeah. That's like his entire role. It's That's literally his entire role. thing. Yeah. His entire thing, at least in the film production, because in the film production, we'll get there, but um, they get a different actor to play Dr. Scott than they do to play Eddie, because Meatloaf is still Eddie in the movie. Yeah, you're right. Which Meatloaf thought was a really big mistake, because that's kind of like a huge joke 
on this in the stage production. Oh, oh, I could see that. It's like, yeah, yeah. And so he was really, he was really sad. And he also was like, yeah. Also, I, I like play, I play a mean Doctor Scott. Like I'm really good as Doctor Scott. Oh, <laughs> which is funny because at first he didn't want to do the role. Um, but they, they, he, he got into it because he was really competitive and he needed the money. And uh, Richard O'Brien gives him the script, and he's like, listen, on this song, you're not going to be able to get all the words in. Like I wrote it. And I can't sing all the words because if, if you heard Hot Patootie, <laughs> like you cannot get a breath in. There is no time yeah. to breathe. It's just like da 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 da. It's very very fast. Yeah. And Meatloaf used to like he was very competitive. He was like a defensive tackle on a football team in high school. Uh, he was like very very competitive dude. And he looked <laughs> looked Richard O'Brien in the eye and says, "I can sing all the words." Ooh. And then he j- he did it, and he was just very yeah. very proud of himself. <laughs> but then he goes he goes on he goes to production, and he had like no they hadn't all seen each other, and so Tim Curry shows up to production in full makeup and dress, <laughs> because of course because he's amazing, obviously full makeup and dress. And keep in mind this is like 1974 L.A. So Meatloaf is like ah uh, I don't know like this is a little weird. I'm not sure that I want to do this like I don't know if this is the right angle and he like almost backs out of production and they're they're like no 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 you want to you want to do it this will be good and he's like okay this is just like a lot it's kind of crazy kind of wacky and (laughs) whenever he's Dr. Scott there's a scene where Dr. Scott who's in a wheelchair lifts up his leg and is wearing yeah a fishnet stocking yeah meatloaf did that bit on stage and the whole audience just started laughing and like Tim Curry (laughs) started laughing and he loves to make people laugh. So he's like, oh, OK, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he went from like almost not being in the play at all to getting really upset whenever he didn't get to be Dr. Scott as well yeah. as Eddie. Yeah, he changed <laughs> his movie. mind. Yeah. Aww, he's like, wait, no, really I get nice. it. Which honestly is is kind of on brand for this movie, as you've already said. Or the yeah. Show. If you watch it with no context, it's like, what am I watching? But once you in. understand, yeah, then it's really, really funny. And that's what Meatloaf kind of figured out, too. Yeah. So that's that's in 1974. So they do a few, not a few, they do a decent number of productions in 74. I think it's like nine, a nine month production run. And, it, and it's and it's OK. It's, it's decently successful. So they take it to Broadway in 75 and it did not do well. Oh, it, they only had three previews and they did 45 showings. Like, that's Ooh. it. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> they did not get it. They didn't get it. You don't get it. They didn't get it. <laughs> My go-to defense for when someone doesn't like something that I like. I know. I know. I've heard you say that many times. <laughs> they didn't get it. <laughs> they did not get it. And you'll, you'll come to find out that whenever they made this movie, people did not get it then either. Yeah. So this movie happened and it was on super limited release. Like it, it opened in a few a few, I think eight or nine theaters in LA, in and around LA. It was most of the original. It was, we still have Richard O'Brien as Riff Raff. We still have Tim Curry. Uh, we still have our original Magenta, our original Columbia. And we have Meatloaf as Eddie, but not Dr. Scott. And Fox, who was in charge of production, 20th Century Fox, was like, okay, all that's fine and dandy. We'll make, we'll make your weird movie. But you have to have two American actors that we pick. Yeah. And so they picked Brad and Janet. Yeah, so Susan Sarandon is a, what an amazing <laughs> cast choice. Like, holy shit! Also, I love that we're talking about Susan Sarandon just after right after Chris, Chris Sarandon. Sarandon. <laughs> I know. If you it's listen so to funny. our Fright Night episode. We talk about um, the 
the villain, the vamp, who is played by Chris Sarandon. Vampire uh, lover. Yeah, vampire (laughs) lover. The sexy, sexy Chris Sarandon. And here we have his sexy ex-wife, Susan Sarandon. Although she's like very young. I don't know if I can call her sexy. (laughs) Is she Um, like 20? At least 20. No, in in this, like her character or her self? Either. Herself, she's like 29. In this. Oh really? Yeah. She's uh-huh. look. She has such a little baby face. I know. That's why I looked it up. I was like, I wonder how old she is. But yeah, she's twenty nine, and um, the guy who plays Brad, I'm forgetting his name right now, but he's thirty. Oh wow! And they're like these kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. Youth. That's why I was like, I wonder what age they're supposed to be. But yeah, they're like it's our like age. It's like the Grease thing, where they're all yeah, <laughs> like fifty year old <laughs> yeah. teenagers. That was like yeah, a thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Rizzo's like 40. <laughs> like. Yeah, truly. Oh, that's so funny. I'm, but I, yeah. I, I loved it. They picked them. I thought they were perfect. I thought they were incredible. Did but you know they were dating didn't. during this? <gasps> no, were they really? <laughs> yeah. That's yes. so cute. I know. I'm like, what's the timeline with Chris Sarandon then? Yeah, I'm like, wait, but she was a Sarandon. So that was, I don't like, know. She must have already have been divorced from Chris Sarandon. Wait, is that true? I don't know. Why would well, she keep she her was, last she was, name then? Because it's a great stage name. Yeah, you're right. I hope she wasn't dating while she was married to Chris Sarandon. I don't know. It was I. I saw that online. Um, it was uh, Richard O'Brien who said it, and he said it in like 2013 or something that he spilled the beans that they were dating during filming. So I don't know. I'm gonna Rob have to pull Rob. the receipts on this one. I have to go back and look. <laughs> I don't care. Regardless, they're both allegedly dating. <laughs> allegedly, we got the hot '70s gossip. Hot that goss. Nobody asked for. Yeah, <laughs> we got the, the hottest goss. Spilled the tea. Sorry about it. But they made the movie. They released it. Nobody got it. Nobody understood it. It was it was successful like in L.A., but then all the other theaters, it did really, really poorly. They kind of like tried to rebrand it. They redid the poster, and still, it wasn't very good. And so. Um, basically, it got pulled and it just was kind of a critical and financial flop. Aww. But then it was around the time that midnight showing started getting really popular. Mm-hmm. So um, Reefer Madness was a really popular midnight showing at that time, which if you haven't <laughs> seen it, please go watch Reefer Madness. It's hilarious. <laughs> and one of the representatives for Fox went to the rest of them and were like, hey, like I think it would be a really smart idea. I think we would find our target audience if we did this, if we released it as midnight screenings. Mm -hmm. And they did. And um, the rest is history. (laughs) This movie (laughs) became like beyond a cult classic. Um, People really, really took to it. So it first was released in midnight screenings in New York City. And people got really into it. It was it was it was like a, spe- a specific set of people who really identified with its message, who really liked it, who would go again and again and again, and they would bring their friends. Um, they would you know throw the toast. They created all the all the callbacks, all the comebacks that are commonplace for the midnight screenings that are still going on today. I just want to make sure that's clear to everybody. Yeah. They've been doing. It's been this movie has been on limited release for midnight screenings for four decades now. Yeah, it's never been it's never been officially pulled from its 1975 film release. It's continuing to play in theaters today, and so it's con- it is considered the longest running theatrical release in film history. <laughs> wow, Isn't that crazy? that's crazy. Yes, they just had to find their that's niche. That's crazy. You got to find your niche for sure. And like as as you guys have already figured out, the niche for this movie was the queer community. Yeah, you have to like let's go back to 1975 whenever this movie came out. So this movie 
came out at a time right after the Stonewall riots because the Stonewall riots happened in 1969. And for those of you guys who are, are unfamiliar, those were riots between police and members of a gay community in New York uh, whenever the police uh, incited a raid on lesbian and gay bars. And uh, it's, it's what we're celebrating right now. It's why we're celebrating Pride is, is because of the Stonewall riots in June of 69. And those mm-hmm. riots were considered like a watershed moment, like a, like a huge transformation for the gay liberation movement and the fight that was about to come out, the 20th century fight for gay rights in the U.S. Yeah. So that's why we have pride. And then, in ni- that's 69. That just happened. At that point, you know, a lot of doctors are still, e- even when this movie came out, a lot of doctors are still considering homosexuality a mental illness. Oh my God. It's still illegal in large parts of the country. And there's this huge, enormous pressure to be straight and to disguise yourself and to not be who you really are. And so that's very overwhelming for people and very st- yeah. very stifling and just miserable, a miserable way to exist in 69, 73, 75, 74, whenever the Stonewall riots happened, but also when this play was coming out, when this movie was coming out, it was still not okay to be gay in yeah. most of the United States. And so these, these movie, this movie comes out, we're doing these midnight screenings, and it's a movie that is all about being yourself embracing who you are, sexual liberation, and people responded to that. People would show up in droves, and they'd show up dressed up, and they'd bring all their friends. Aw, yeah. It got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and now it's like standard practice and considered like a, to, to go to these rowdy showings. The norm, yeah. And it's, and it's a huge part of queer culture, mm-hmm. quite simply. This movie is a yeah. huge part of queer culture. People identified with the androgyny, um, the gender fluidity. It's like its own community, especially back in the 70s. It it, it was its own community. And people saw Brad and Janet's initiation into Frankenfurter's world as like, you know, self-discovery. And that just resonated really, really strong with people. So it's just really cool to to, to look up photos and to see people in the 70s, like standing outside Mm -hmm. in a line outside of theaters in fishnets and full face makeup on a Saturday night. Yes. very cool it's just very (laughs) very cool and I like that it's still culturally relevant today because this movie is seen as being extremely influential yeah huge 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 Mm -hmm. deal huge I'm gonna step off my little soapbox now but (laughs) (laughs) this movie was a very very big deal for people and the only reason that you know about it right now is because of a bunch of quote-unquote weirdos who would go to midnight screenings yeah every single week Oh, that's very nice. That's very well, nice, isn't it? It's very nice, yeah. I mean, I feel like it, at at the very bare minimum, you know, even as someone who's not, um, you know, bisexual or queer, I think it does promote sex positivity, which I think is a very good message, yes. even for straight people. Yeah, like for everybody. Yeah, because, you know, it's, I think Janet never really does anything with another woman in this, but she's very sex positive mm-hmm. and just you know self-discovery and figuring herself out by the end of the movie which you know is very supportive even you know straight vibes so does brad <laughs> brad does not straight vibes <laughs> uh, brad uh figures out other things <laughs> yes he does yeah yeah you don't have to you don't have to be gay to identify with this movie that's a really yeah. good point mm-hmm. i mean self-expression is self-expression it's that it's that simple yeah yeah so yeah be yourself is is the message of this movie what's it's like one of the last songs what is it yeah don't where they where they keep saying like don't dream it be it 
Yeah, yeah. That's the message. That's it. Now, mm-hmm. now you understand Rocky Horror Picture Show. And we haven't even talked about the plot. <laughs> <laughs> the plot is great. Get the excited. The plot is amazing. <laughs> As I was taking notes on this movie, I was like, I feel like I'm writing like a dream I had because it's just like so <laughs> random. It's just like. You just put your pen to the paper and you just don't pick it back up. You're like, and then this <laughs> It's just stream of consciousness happens. randomness. <laughs> and it's hilarious and awesome. Oh, um, one more thing, because I do want to talk about the plot. Um, I want to talk about Rocky real fast. Yeah. Actually, no, I'm going to save it. No, I want to know. Uh, I'm going to save it. I'm okay, going to save okay. it until you introduce Rocky, because I want people who don't know who Rocky is. Okay, okay. To have a little intro, to have a little like, understanding. Like Rocky the character, or like the guy who plays Rocky? Both. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> They're the same. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. <laughs> Well, well, first, right. I do want to say um, how much money that this movie has made. Oh, yeah. Oh, my if God. I can if only we're, imagine. If we're calling it, right, if we're calling it the box office, right? Like, the box yeah. office hasn't closed on this movie. So, the budget was real low. It was $1.4 million. Box office is $226 million. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's, like, the most return on investment of, like, any movie you've ever covered, I feel like. Can you think of one that's <sighs> Paranormal that? activity, man. It costs, like, <laughs> a nickel. <laughs> A single nickel made billions. (laughs) Made billions (laughs) is a franchise. It should be studied. It's like crazy how much money that movie made. It's a good movie though. I appreciate it. Yeah, we love we love paranormal activity (laughs) in this household. We love it. We do. (laughs) Is everyone ready? We're an hour into it. I'll tell you what the movie's about. We had to lay the foundation. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Now now you're invested. Now now that you're invested, we'll tell you. Yeah. Now that we're invested, let's talk catchy ass songs. (laughs) Yeah. This whole movie is a musical, and obviously, I can't communicate the music to you through a synopsis. But it's great. It's pretty music heavy too. Every song. Um. No one wants that. You could. <laughs> I want Absolutely that. I want it. Zero people. I love, I fucking love musicals. So, you know what? No one asked me to do this, but just so you know, I did a, a Kate ranking, an official Kate ranking of my top three favorite songs in this movie. So, oh, of course. I'll of tell course. you at the, of course, no one asked for it. And, <laughs> it, and I changed it five times. <laughs> I like I, I ranked it and then I showed Nikki and he was like upset. He's like that has no business being that low. Yeah, you'll know that's what, fair. You'll know what song it is. <laughs> yeah, like, that has no business being there. <laughs> I was like, I love that Nick has okay. like very strong opinions about that. He does. He does. Oh, he's been singing the the, the songs like all week. Yeah. It's been yeah. a great time in in the Thompson Cliscala household. I'll tell you that it's been good. It's been fun times. Sorry, tell me more about the the plot. Yeah, all right. So excited. No, no, no. Yeah, let's talk about the plot. All right. So the intro is iconic. We all know the intro, which is you all know uh, just a pink, just a red lips and teeth moving to a song, and you know whose mouth this is, obviously, right? It's Magenta's mouth. Yes, Magenta's mouth. So Magenta is like this made character that we meet later but it's her mouth and she does great mouth acting the rest of the movie which is like I don't know if she's just a really good mouth actor and that's why they picked her for the beginning she, yeah but well, she makes stage. some good like faces she's, yeah she's from stage right that's a good point but it's yeah, not her yeah. voice though yeah is it um riffraff's voice 
Is yeah. that Adrian O'Brien? <laughs> See, that's what I, I thought and I was expecting it. But when I heard the voice, I was like, oh my God, it sounds like a female's voice though. Yeah. His voice is all over the place. That boy yeah. has range. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very sweet sounding voice for sure. It's, it threw me off. Cause I was like, maybe I misread that, but no. Yeah. It's a <laughs> yeah, it's him. beautiful man's voice coming out of a beautiful woman's mouth at the beginning. That's right. What an androgynous start. Yeah, exactly. It's a very good point. Yeah, <laughs> off to a great start. <laughs> um, okay, so that's the beginning. And then we open on a wedding chapel and there's a couple that's coming down the stairs and rice is being thrown. Is this where people throw rice? This is what Absolutely. I'm picturing. Okay, yep. so in the theaters, <laughs> if you're the theater in an interactive theater, everyone's throwing rice right now. I'm throwing rice right now. Yeah, Kate's currently I throwing I should rice. have done that. I didn't make any toast. <laughs> we should have made confetti. this. Wait, hold on. Can we make this interactive? I have, I have one prop. I have one prop and I'm going to go get it. Okay, all right. Oh, we got we got TP. We got some toilet paper. And this is going to sit on my desk for a while because this is not till the oh. end of the movie. But I'll be damned if I don't interact at least once in this, in this recording. You guys at home can interact. Yes, please you can, do. You can pause us and go look up what you need to interact. And then you can interact with this. <laughs> Me you telling you this story. You need toast. You need a newspaper. You need you a water need gun. You need a water gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, glove. A glove to snap. Oh, yeah. And confetti. You Yes. You need confetti. Toilet paper. A party hat. <laughs> oh my God, the party hat. Jesus Christ. A bell so if you can. Um, mm. Playing cards. And uh, if you want, you can bring hot dogs. But I don't have hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so Bring your hot dogs to the movie theater. I'm just imagining everyone with like two like grocery tote bags full of stuff. That's exactly what this theater. is. You just have like a cooler that you bring your <laughs> meat in. Like, <laughs> why are you bringing hot dogs? Well, I feel like movie theaters sell hot dogs. I bet they make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> this is this was their plan the whole time. This was their plan. <laughs> is this why they sell hot dogs? Because I've never seen anyone order and eat no a one, hot dog at a movie. No theater. one asks for hot dogs. No. no, they literally only sell them for this purpose <laughs> <laughs> to throw at Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so the couple's taking pictures outside of the wedding chapel and. Did you see it's Dr. Frankenfurter behind them? Yes! (laughs) It's it's Dr. Frankenfurter is a priest. Yeah, he's like the minister and he has the funniest face. And Will started watching this part with me before he like left to go do something else. And he was like, that guy's face isn't moving. I'm like, Will, that guy's like the main character. Like they're doing this to fuck with you. (laughs) Will, that's Tim Curry. (laughs) No, I'm like, "Mm, okay, you can go now. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't ready. No, he wasn't ready. He was like, why is his face so serious? I'm like, Jesus, okay. Just but pause I the think- movie and be like, all right, we're going to go a lot faster than this way. You're going to have to. <laughs> I know, right? I'm just kidding. If you haven't seen the movie, you don't know what the hell is happening at this point. It's true. You haven't met him yet as a character, but they just like, I guess probably because this is a stage or used to be a stage performance prior to this. So they reuse characters a lot more in, you know, stage performances than they do in movies. So I guess they just kept that as a rollover feature from the original is my assumption. And I also saw it as like, because we'll get there, but they're aliens. Yeah. (laughs) They're they're just like. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yes. Spoiler. They aliens. They're queer aliens. But I took it as them like being like infiltrating the community subtly yeah yeah yeah, that too and I mean also the part where I think there's also magenta and riffraff are there too I think and they're yeah, like they're there dressed up as 
the, you know, the painting that's like an old man and he's a farmer and he's a pitchfork and he's standing side by side with a woman who I feel like there's a name for it. I'm but looking I don't know it name. up. We're idiots. American Gothic. It's American Amer- Gothic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're dressed as those people, which later you see a picture. You see that picture in their home. And, I know. Yeah. It's so cool. And you're right? like, oh, I guess if you're an alien, you dress like your painting <laughs> yeah. because you're trying to be more human in public, which I think is hilarious. So I think that's, that's their motive. Yeah. <laughs> that's why Tim Curry keeps his mouth shut. He's like, I need to say nothing in public yeah. right now. That's true. He's They'll like, let me figure just it out. <laughs> act normal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then the bride throws her bouquet and Janet, who's the female lead played by Susan Sarandon catches it. And then she wants Brad, who's her boyfriend and the male lead, played by Barry Bosnick, to propose right. like yeah. immediately, which immediately. I think is hilarious. <laughs> oh, Brad. You find out that they're high school sweethearts. He nails this song. Oh, yeah, yeah. He does like a a song as he's proposing in a cemetery, which is pretty badass and kind of awesome. Romantic. Yeah. And At so- uh, after someone else's wedding. <laughs> After immediately after someone else's wedding, which, you know, I don't know. What is this supposed to be like this 50s, 60s, the 70s, 50s, yeah, like jokey? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's how things work back then. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Damn It, Janet, because that's something that my mom, even though I hadn't seen this movie, my mom would say Damn It, Janet, like all the time. She still yeah, does. Yeah, I feel like I've heard so many people quote that. It's a really Damn good it, song. Damn It, Janet. Yeah. It's a great song. It's, it's one of the so best songs. catchy. Yeah, incredibly catchy. And he's proposing, and she loves the ring, and it's hilarious, and she's like it's all about it. It's better than Betty Monroe had. Yeah, yeah. She's very square at the beginning of the movie, and that's like her character, and she's very vanilla and proper, and she's wearing like so this Brad. cute like Sunday hat and like this <laughs> yeah. like I don't even know like tweed button up. It's just like really cute and it's like cute. '60s vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then they make a plan that they're gonna go to. I guess like a former teacher of theirs because they were high school Mm -hmm. sweethearts to like have dinner with him and tell him that they're engaged. That's Dr. Scott. Yeah, Dr. Scott. So on the way there, it's like nighttime and it's thundering. Um, They get a flat tire. So they have to ask for help nearby. And the only place nearby is this random castle. And they like (laughs) don't find it to be strange at all that there's this castle in the middle of Ohio. They see it as like, oh, yeah. thank God. There's this spooky castle with like an enter at your own risk yeah. sign. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, oh, look. Yeah. It's it's very, you have to suspend your disbelief if you don't understand that it's meant oh, to be funny. Yeah. You're like, wait, what? Why are they not acting like real people on this? But Over at the Frankenstein place. Yeah. Light. It's, yeah, exactly. And there's a song about, yeah, the light in the night. And all the that. guiding light. Also, Susan Sarandon's voice. That's when I'm like, oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, she didn't want to, you know, audition for this because she thought she couldn't sing. She's not like a singer, but her voice is perfect. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I'm, I was never like, oh, God, like, please stop. It was so good. I was immediately in love with her. Yeah. Yeah. Like her solo. And then Riff Raff gets a solo that's like three lines and I'm captivated by it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she has a really cutesy, like high-pitched singing voice that fits her character very well. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's like this, and and this scene is great because it's like the very last bit of their innocence. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. Go in, go inside. (laughs) 
So they knock on this creepy door and this creepy hunched guy answers. And it's <laughs> our riffraff <laughs> friend. And he's really creep. They're like really creeped out visually, but they're like, let's try to see if we can use the phone anyway. They're exceedingly polite. They're very polite. We're just going to mind our business. <laughs> in a very horror movie way where you're like, if you're creeped out, don't go in the house. But they're very creeped out. But they're like, we're going to go in the house anyway. As one does. <laughs> As one does. As one does. And so they get into the house and it has like really creepy vibes. And did you see the, the clock with the skeleton in it? Of course I did. I love the clock <laughs> with the skeleton. That's time warp. We're, we're time warping. Did you know that that skeleton is a real skeleton of the woman who commissioned the clock? Is that true? Yeah. And then they sold the clock for 35,000 pounds. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. And okay. that was like Okay. I did recent. not know any of that. So yeah. it was a real... I, I believe you when you say it was a real skeleton, because as we learned in Poltergeist... I was going to say, Poltergeist, yeah. It's all real. It was cheaper. cheaper. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. So weird. Why so is it weird. cheaper? It's fucked up. So then they hear like music and they're trying to figure out if they're having a party. Um, and so they go into the party room and there's a banner on the wall that says something about Transylvania. It's the annual Transylvanian convention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's in town. It's, they're in town. Yeah. And there's like 20 people in the party room. They're all different ethnicities and some are really tall and some are really short. And they're all, you know, wearing the same outfit which is like a just a normal suit like a tuxedo yeah but they're all wearing like really funny unique glasses like wacky glasses <laughs> so it's right off the bat you're like what like and they're doing a coordinated dance they're doing and the they're doing warp. this yeah they're doing the time warp it's very overwhelming janet faints immediately <laughs> dramatically which is so on point <laughs> i'm like I yes you faint yeah that's the first time she faints she's gonna faint again she faints many times honestly i feel like she should have fainted more often with how many weird things are going down but she built up a tolerance (laughs) she did at the end she was like all right this is my life now (laughs) (laughs) i accept it so then they after our amazing time warp scene which is like this coordinated dance which is super catchy oh my god riffraff in this song yeah his freaking like rock tenor that he goes yeah. into out of nowhere <laughs> i'm like whoa it there's a, like a rock he like he gives us like a rock tenor he, then we have magenta being magenta and she's perfect yeah and then we have like a tap number out of nowhere oh yeah and the, columbia the narrator is hilarious here he's so funny <laughs> yeah. he stops so there's this narrator for some reason, I guess maybe in like the 50s and 60s in their horror movies, they would have like a narrator who would like pause the movie and talk about the movie as it was happening. Yeah, it was like a very like f- very stiff framing device that they would assign. Yeah, to. <laughs> yeah. And so I guess they use the same thing to make fun of that style of. <laughs> he's got his tweed jacket and his pipe in his hand, and he's just. Yeah pointing it's just a jump to the left yeah and up to this point he's serious so you think that that this is like a serious choice and then during this scene he stops like the the movie to explain how to do the dance and he's like doing the dance on his desk and it's just like oh okay this is a joke got it all right oh gotcha (laughs) the choreography for the chorus is absolutely godly there's someone in the chorus who's singing a full octave above everyone else and it works yeah this whole number 
it's just a, a direct injection of serotonin into my brain. It is. Yeah. I can't be upset and listen to this song. So that's the time warp. Do they do like anything fun during the inter like the interactive screenings for this? I feel like they should. They do the time warp. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it would be fun if everyone got up and danced. I guess it would be like chaotic though. That's what we're gonna do. I don't know if it's in the official <laughs> rules. But I have a feeling if we did, no one would be upset. I was going to say, it surprises me that no one does that. Maybe people do it. I don't know. I've never been to one. I haven't either. And you know that um, this song was almost not even in the play or the movie for that matter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I heard that too. They just needed extra. They just needed yeah. to fill time. They were like, it's let's not just throw this in movie. there. Yeah. yeah. Like, we'll just put it in there. It'll kill some time. And then yeah. it's like everyone's favorite song. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really catchy song. It sets the scene for everything because up to this point, it's kind of a normal movie. It's just like a spooky house, like with a creepy Mm -hmm. butler. But then you're like, whoa, like, you know, androgyny and, you know, people already like, I mean, women wearing tuxedos that are exactly the same tuxedo as the guy next to them. And they're all wearing like weird sunglasses and it's a party and it's very interesting. It's a great party. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's cheese plates. I want to go to the party. <laughs> yeah. The alien party. The annual Transylvanian convention. <laughs> yeah. And we haven't even met the best character yet. And we're already having right. so much fun. Right. And so she turns around and she sees Tim Curry, a.k.a. Dr. Frankenfurter, with the most beautiful, flawless, red, shiny lip. Oh, it's so <laughs> Doing good. his you know, iconic sweet transvestite intro song. Sweet transvestite. Listen, (laughs) if you're not going to watch this movie, that's okay. But you legally have to watch sweet transvestite and you legally have to listen, at least listen, best case scenario, watch the time warp. Those are just to to exist in this society. You have to understand these these two things. Yes, absolutely. He's wearing a black corset, torn fishnets. Amazing. Eyeshadow that is just all the way from like, the corner of the eye straight up to the eyebrow. Oh my God, I know. That was like, I was so bothered, but also like so satisfied by like how straight <laughs> his eyebrows were like drawn on. I was like, oh my God, like this looks amazing. Meticulous. It's Very almost like meticulous. I hate it, but it's perfect. Yeah, I, know. I hate how perfect it is. It's so good. I love it. Yeah, yeah. He's got like this attitude where he's like, he's obviously like the leader of everybody, but he's mm-hmm. also like kind of, pushy and a little bit mean where you're like is he a good character is he a bad character like you like him because he's like quirky and funny but you're also like could he be like <laughs> I don't know like a wild card Are like you the I, bad guy I'm the bad guy I don't get <laughs> I don't know I still don't know <laughs> I know right like I guess up to <laughs> up to the end I think he's supposed to be the bad guy but you never know but I think he's I think he's the good guy I think he's not the good there there are no good guys yeah, like I was going to say, the best. he's the best guy. Yeah, it's non-binary. <laughs> <Da-da-da>. Ta-da. <laughs> little gay joke in there for you. A little ya. gay joke. little pride humor. <laughs> um, so then he invites them to go to his lab for some big reveal. To see what's on the slab, Ariana. Yeah. I'm like, what does that mean? Okay. And so they're immediately stripped of all of their clothes except their underwear <laughs> for no reason at all. <laughs> I think there is a reason. And Janet's like mildly confused and annoyed, which I feel like she should have been more confused and annoyed. But you know how horror movies are where people just accept things that are happening to them and are like, all right, especially like women in the 50s and 60s are just like, I guess this is what's happening. And at this point, Brad is like, 
weirdly okay with it he's like just let it happen janet like chill like he's like he's like janet don't overreact listen right. he's gonna borrow their he's phone like, he's like Janet's immediately like, gaslighting her that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. i love it it's like here's your gaslighting moment that we needed from the Brad, 60s from yeah. your fiance from your fiance yeah and I so yeah, they're like, we got to get you out of these wet clothes. And they just take off their jackets. I'm like, oh, thank you. And then they just continue. To and then they continue <laughs> their clothes. It's like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> so then they get taken to the lab. And when they're there, they find that Dr. Frankenfurter is wearing his iconic surgical green lab coat and so gloves with pearls. And then did you see the pink triangle over the breast area? I did. Yes, I did. Do you know what that's a symbol for? Yeah, that's what they would make gay people wear during the Holocaust. Yeah. Uh-huh. But this one was upside down. So now it's a symbol of yeah. gay pride, apparently. I took it nice. as like a, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then they see like this large vat thing and there's a red drape over it. Columbia, who's like... I guess she's like a, she's supposed to be like a groupie, mm-hmm. which I don't know. She's just like his lover, I guess. And she just like lives in the house and it's like an entertainment. I don't know. She's like an alien who loves Dr. Frankenberg. She's part of the crew. Yeah, she's part of the crew. She's, is she, she's an alien too or no? I, I assume yes. Okay, I assume okay, she's part it. of the traveling okay. transsexual Transylvanian alien got it. crew. Right. She's like his little assistant groupie person entertainment. Sure. So she's her and then Magenta, who is also like one of his workers, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of. Because Magenta is Riff Raff's sister. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny. So weird. <laughs> so funny. But anyway, they end up like pulling the drape back and there's like this mummy thing that's like suspended in the liquid. Riff Raff starts wheeling down this contraption from the ceiling over the vat. And once it's over the vat, Dr. Frankenfurter starts turning various knobs to make different colors come out. And afterwards, it's just like this beautiful rainbow in the water yeah. in the vat. And it's, it's like cute. gay Willy Wonka. Yeah, it's really cute and quirky and it's fun. Really cute. Yeah. And then they turn on ultrasonic vibration lol which is definitely used in medicine to clean instruments and i thought that was so funny look it has multiple purposes obviously (laughs) also creates gay sex slaves apparently and i've been using it this whole time to clean my scalpel blade handles no if only i know if only someone had told me (laughs) now we know and then the mummy person comes to life and pulls himself out of the vat and magenta and columbia starts cutting off his like mummy drapings and it reveals that he's like a really handsome like 20 30 year old blonde guy that's like toned as fuck and his name is rocky (laughs) rocky (laughs) a blonde man with a tan we love rocky yeah yeah and i have and he's like mostly mute (laughs) yeah he's he's not the brightest but it's because we find out he only has half a brain (laughs) <laughs> yes he only has half a brain and like we did not make him for his brain <laughs> yeah yeah tim curry implies with a song immediately after that he basically built I him as like song. a sex life yeah i sent kate a gif of that song like two seconds before we started this podcast that one no that one's from sword of damocles the one that you sent where he's oh, running yeah. you yeah yeah, yeah so, you're right you're right as soon as rocky is born he immediately starts singing about how like life sucks <laughs> <laughs> like yeah everything is worthless yeah and tim curry is not paying attention he's just like chasing him around trying to like kiss his feet <laughs> it's almost like this is the part where you're like maybe this guy isn't the best because he built he's this not. no he's the best he's not good 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. He builds this like humanoid guy to be his like sex slave but then the sex slave is like immediately concerned and upset and running away from him (laughs) and he's still chasing him and i'm like i don't like this vibe like this is like rapey and weird and so you're like maybe this guy isn't the best guy but he's he's like he's grooming a creature right exactly (laughs) yeah that's what i can make you a man is about but yeah you know it's it's fine we're fine with it it's very silly we let it go also, he's born wearing gold, like, booty shorts. Oh, yeah. He has gold, like, <laughs> like boxer briefs on. Then they're yeah, shiny. So, like, again, and they're shiny. So the whole point of, like, Rocky's character is so we have, like, this male gaze, but it's, like, the gay male gaze and, like, yes. male objectification, which is amazing. And I am yeah. always, always here for it. I Can Make You a Man is, like, one of my favorite numbers. Because yeah. it's just, like, it's just tim curry dro- like obviously drooling yeah over rocky and, like handing him weights with bows on them yeah he gets him he gets him like weights for his quote-unquote birthday and they're literally like candy shaped like peppermint candy <laughs> instead of weights and they're like wrapped really cute and rocky's like all right and he like starts lifting them yeah. and it's like acts like okay like thanks yeah frankenfurter's like good morning welcome i am your sugar daddy yeah exactly <laughs> I am both your sugar daddy and your sugar mama. Please flex. <laughs> Please flex for me. Yeah. And every time Please Rocky's flex. just like chilling, he's like flexing. And then he'll look over and like start drooling immediately. It's great. <laughs> it's great. And Rocky, this is what I wanted to tell you. So Rocky, the actor who played Rocky is not an actor anymore. Um, yeah. He was barely an actor even in this, which I can say because he says it because he's just kind of there. to. He, the whole point is he is like a brainless hunky. Right man yeah (laughs) with blonde hair and a tan and so the actor peter henwood was a model at the time he got this role and now he's like that he basically has said i i know i can't act every time i see myself in rocky horror i cringe because i'm so like (laughs) embarrassingly bad and he's like i just want a nice quiet peaceful life and so now um he so he chose to be an antiques dealer in london (gasps) with his partner a gay man who's also like a very well i think he passed but a very well-known antiques dealer in london wow oh so he like retired immediately i'm sure he's rich immediately He's like, this is not for me. Well, yeah. Well, first of all, the sparkly gold hot pants, he auctioned those off for almost $1,000, which honestly is low. (laughs) I was going to say, it sounds like he needs more. Are you sure it was in 1,000 pounds? Not that that's much more, but still. I think it was dollars. Oh, It was in dollars. So it was two in American. But regardless, not high enough. Yeah, not high enough. Regardless, I thought you were going to say. Yeah, I thought you were going to say a lot more than that, for sure. It deserves a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love, I love, I love Rocky being born. LOL at yeah. Tim Curry being an absolute riot in this scene. He's perfect. Yeah, it's so good. And then, of course, and then next. Dark. <laughs> and then weird. it gets real dark. All of a sudden, we have Meatloaf on a motorcycle <laughs> riding out of a deep freezer into the middle yeah. of the room. And he has a cut on his forehead. And that's what we see. And he is like angry, slash, you could tell he was being kept in the deep freezer or something. But. Did you know that they wanted Elvis for this role? What? Yeah. <laughs> but if you watch it with that in mind, I feel like Meatloaf was like almost doing Elvis a couple times. Like he had like Elvis vibes and like the way he spoke was like very Elvis. Yeah, it's very it's like um very 50s rock and roll, right? That's yes. what it's going for. So it yeah. makes sense that they were like yeah. we're doing an Elvis thing. Yeah. 
And then I was going to say, this reminded me of like the Steve Martin in Little Shop of Horrors with him being like almost yes. like Elvis on a motorcycle. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Same, same energy. Different yeah. characters. Very <laughs> different. Energy. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently Elvis did express interest in this role. They said, do you want to do this? And he was like, oh, maybe. But then he didn't commit. You snooze, you lose, Elvis. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So then we find out that Meatloaf's character is named Eddie. And his backstory is apparently that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't really understand. But I think <laughs> Meatloaf is a human. <laughs> Meatloaf is a human that Dr. Frankenfurter either f- seduced or like fell in love with. And he abducted him and has been keeping him in this house. And he was like his lover at some point. Is that right? Yes, that is okay. right. Yeah. Eddie was the was a delivery boy. Oh, the delivery boy. Um, yes, I did see mm-hmm. that. Uh-huh. He was the, he was a delivery boy. And he like he and Frank had a thing. Yes. And Frank was really into him. I was like, I really like you. But like, I, I just need more muscle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so he's like, I'm going to take part of the brain. I'm going to take yeah. part of your brain and I'm going to put it in that. Rocky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Rocky. So that's why he has a cut on his forehead is because apparently Dr. Frankenfurter removes half of his brain to give to Rocky and then keeps the mm-hmm. rest of him in the deep freezer. And he's breaking out of the deep freezer in this moment. So he yes. rides around and has a very cute song with Columbia. And then we find out Love it. that him and Columbia had a thing also. And Dr. Frankenfurter is very upset by that because jealous. he's jealous he's a jelly bean yeah he breaks up couples constantly and yet he's oh. jealous like he's, he's chaos he is chaotic energy to the max for sure he's chaotic evil to be clear he's he's chaotic evil yeah that's what it is chaotic evil yeah i do i like this song i like hot patootie because it somehow manages to it conveys the entire backstory with like Columbia and Frank, which I thought was really cute. I thought Columbia yeah. is adorable here. Yeah. Just like Eddie. Like she's just so excited to see Oh my him. God. Yeah. It she doesn't loves last him. long. <laughs> it's yeah. really sad. But she it's like pretty sad. He flirts around. He plays the sax. Yeah, he has a he has a freaking saxophone on his back. It's on just his like back. What? Yeah. And then he, he whips, whips it around. Out quick. Quick sack solo. Quick solo. Back on the motorcycle. <laughs> run up the ramp. Almost run over a bunch of aliens. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, roll around with Columbia to his, yeah. To his song. Yeah. It's super cute. Pretty kick-ass. It's, it's a very <laughs> cute vibe. It comes out of nowhere. And if you're expecting it, then it's like, oh my God, this is so fucking cute. And if you're not expecting it, you're like, what am I watching? Oh my God, this is so fucking cute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. What is this? I love it. What is this? Okay, I'm into it. But then our friend... Dr. Frankenfurter decides to kill Eddie randomly. Friend and foe. During this, like at the end of this number, he ends up killing Eddie with a pickaxe. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, so this guy's a murderer. Why are Janet and Brad not more concerned in this moment? Is my thought, yeah, I guess because Brad, it's a horror movie and everyone's yeah, just like... because it's... Yes. <laughs> okay, everyone's just accepting this. Okay, sure. And then he goes to... He tells Rocky, because Rocky's like concerned. Rocky's understandably... Con- Rocky's yeah. the only one concerned. Yeah. Um, Columbia's upset, but she's also like a very good toady, so she's not going to like... Yeah. She'll be really devastated, but she's not going to say anything to like upset right. Frankenfurter. Right. And Frank immediately... Somehow... Tim Curry immediately makes me like him again with his like, oh, don't be upset. It was a mercy killing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh what? God, what is going on? Like, oh, don't be upset. <laughs> Calm down, woman. 
<laughs> yeah, calm down. It's fine. I love it. And he's yeah. talking to Rocky. He's like, Rocky, it's not oh, that big yeah. a deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Rocky's like, okay, because he's like an hour old. He's like, all right. <laughs> he, yeah, he's like, okay. He, and then he flexes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cute. Yeah. He's very cute and very like vapid. And I like Rocky as a character. <laughs> I really like Rocky. Rocky's That's why I want to be him dress when like we him. dress like him. I'm going to get a blonde wig and a freaking... <laughs> gold spandex jumpsuit it'll be great we're gonna spray tan I, I cannot me. wait to paint on like a 12 pack on yes I'm so excited <laughs> you have to think about who you want to be and then I'm, we'll... I already I want to be Tim Curry and I was gonna the, say you need to be Tim in Curry. the green yes in okay the green with the pink uh, gloves <laughs> in the pearls and the garter underneath in the freaking pearls I've already looked up wigs like I'm doing it <laughs> that. oh that'll be a good wig we'll like switch hair colors for the day Oh, how fun. (laughs) This is so fun. I'm genuinely stoked. I'm really excited for this. Oh, boy. But Brad and Janet are still, like, rolling along with it. Yeah, they're, like, concerned, but not, like, concerned enough to freak out and leave. So then he ends up separating them and putting them in different rooms for the night. And this is my absolute, I'm sure a lot of people love it, absolute favorite part of the movie. Oh, a hundred billion percent. Yes. I laughed out loud. The funniest part of the In movie. this moment. <laughs> so freaking funny. So I will, I will explain to you what's going on. So there's a shot of Janet in like a canopy bed and you can see her silhouette through the canopy. She's in a room by herself because they were separated. And then you hear mm-hmm. Brad come in the room and sneak into her bed. And she's like, Brad, no, nah, like I'm scared of whatever. Oh, Brad. Yeah. Just classic Janet. And And he, like, starts to comfort her, but then starts getting, like, where he's, like, trying to hook up. And she's at first resistance, and then she's into it, and then he goes a little too far. And she's like, Brad, like, what are you doing? And then she, like, takes his, (laughs) she, like, tears off a wig, and it's revealed to be Dr. Frankenfurter. And all you see is, like, the silhouette of it. And it's a hilarious scene because it's like a back and forth. She's like, Oh, I thought you were Brad. And he's like, Oh, what? It's fine. And she's like, no, no. And then he's like, but let's do it anyway. And then they end up like, she ends up like giving in and they like, I don't think they pretty much have sex. I don't think they they definitely, definitely do something. Oh yeah. They do something, but I don't think they have sex because later they imply that she still hasn't had sex yet. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I love the, the image of, Tim Curry over Susan Sarandon <laughs> and he's just like I thought you were I thought you were Brad he's like no why should I be <laughs> oh no she goes what did you do with Brad and he goes what, what? Did you do should I do <laughs> nothing why should I have should I it's like <laughs> Brad has been Brad is long asleep he, what you don't want him to find you like this yeah and then he pulls her Tosses legs her legs in the air <laughs> Tossed her legs in the air and she's like flat on her back. She's like so offended and it's so <laughs> fucking funny. And all you see is the freaking silhouette and it's hilarious. It's perfect. It's perfect, perfect, perfect. And the only thing that makes it more perfect is what happens immediately, immediately after. Immediately after. I was crying <laughs> laughing. Literally immediately after it goes to Brad in his room and he's in a similar canopy bed and you have a similar silhouette. And then you hear Janet come in and you hear her talking and whatever. And he's like, oh, Janet. And then she starts like trying to hook up with him. And he's into it. And then he's like, Janet. And then he pulls a wig off. And it's freaking Dr. Frankenfurter again. <laughs> and it's the same exact conversation he had with Janet. But with Brad where it's like, what, what did you do with, with Janet? Janet? <laughs> what should I be doing? He's like, you're Janet. <laughs> you don't want her to find you like this. And then he like throws this. <laughs> 
I literally watched that scene twice. And not because I watched the movie twice. I rewound it. (laughs) (laughs) I watched it again. I was like, okay, this whole movie is like funny in like a very subtle way up until that moment. And then I was like, this is actually the funniest shit I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is hilarious. Oh, Oh, I get it. Get it. This is the funniest thing ever. We're being overtly funny now. I'm into it. Love it. And they managed to do that right after we see Tim Curry take an, like a, an ice pick yeah. To, yeah. to Eddie, to Meatloaf. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's like, uh, okay. But and they I just still like, love you. Yeah. And then basically both the main characters have like either sex or almost sex with Dr. Frankenfurter in each of their bedrooms separately. Mm-hmm. I think Brad definitely has sex with Dr. Frankenfurter. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Yeah. How quickly he caved. How oh, quickly I'm sure. both of them caved. They were yeah. both like, wait, you're not Janet. <laughs> or, you're not going to tell Janet, right? <laughs> yeah, it's so <laughs> Instantly. <laughs> but then, But then after they get on with it or whatever, then one of he, like someone calls Dr. Frankenfurter and he just stops and he goes, coming. And I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't. I can't with this. Jesus. I can't. <laughs> Y'all are doing too much. Keep doing it. <laughs> Keeps going. Too much. <laughs> Keep going. And they do. Uh, the sex fest continues. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We have another musical number. It's so good. And so he, uh, I guess Janet, after she has sex with Dr. Frankenfurter, she leaves her room because I guess maybe she feels like guilty or she's like trying to find Brad or something. Yes. And she like goes downstairs and finds Rocky. He's like hurt because in a you know, similar scene or whatever that's happening at the same time as all of this. He's like trying to escape because Riff Raff's like fucking with him with fire. Um, and obviously like that's supposed to be like a Frankenstein reference or whatever. So he's like trying to escape and they end up like releasing the dogs and it shows like the dogs chasing him. Yeah. And then it shows him hiding and she finds him and he's wounded, but not like super wounded. He just has like superficial scratches and shit. And she decides she's going to Rocky scrapes. Yeah. He has like hot injuries. And then... <laughs> For and her then... to tend to. <laughs> and so she's like, Oh, like let me clean your wounds, whatever. She tears off part of her slip. It's oh great. yeah. 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 And she goes to like wrap it around his little hand. Yeah. And then it's like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. And then she gets <laughs> like. the light go off in her head. <laughs> she's like in the middle of a sexual awakening, I guess, started by Dr. Frankenfurter only, you yes. know, an hour prior. And so she's like, <laughs> gets like really into it. And he's like kind of into it because he's just like vapid and whatever. And so she sings a he really good song. He was built to be horny. Yeah, exactly. She sings a really good song. That's right, Ariana. <laughs> Uh, I love this song so much. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. It's a song that's like about her wanting to experience sex or something, right? I guess. Yeah, touch a touch a. Yeah. Yeah. It's about how she'd only ever kissed before. Yeah. And she didn't want to get into all the sexy stuff. And now she's very much interested in getting into all the sexy stuff. That must be why I was like, maybe she didn't have sex with that dr frankenfurter yeah i think but I, i'm trying to remember the lyrics because it was like i'd only ever kissed before which means yeah. like i had only ever right or is it i have only oh matters. that's a good point <laughs> that's a very good point yeah i don't know i think the implication is she doesn't have sex with him okay yeah because she gets really upset later when she sees brad 
Yes. So dun dun. I think that's before she has sex with Rocky. She so they have like this system of like yes, security cameras is. around in the house, and at some point, she sees one of the security cameras of Brad and Doctor Frankenfurter. I guess <laughs> after they had sex, and I think one of them smoking, smoking a cigarette, and it's like really classic. And Brad she, has a little like sheet up to his chest. Yeah, yeah, covering. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's like very what you'd expect as like a classic scene for afterwards. And so she's it, like, it was cute. Yeah, and she understands immediately oh, that Brad. they had sex. Yeah, so then she tries to get with Rocky, I guess, after that too, when she figures she out. That does she does get with Rocky. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. She tries and is successful. Yeah, she has and sex with him very, and is, is immediately successful. <laughs> yeah. I do. I love Magenta and Columbia just like watching her this whole yeah. time and like yeah. low key making fun of her, but also like cheering her on yeah, and be like, "Yay, yeah. the square is getting it." Yeah, exactly. Also, yeah. gay vibes from them for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the point. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, good, good, good. I'm like, lesbian. Got it. <laughs> I've Got been it. waiting for well, the I representation. They all are, you know, they're that's all with right. everybody. Yeah. I they're feel all like, with everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the club, Janet. <laughs> <laughs> Janet joins the club. Um <laughs> Well, Frank's looking for, at this point, Frank is looking for Rocky because Rocky's been missing. Yes. And that's when they learned that someone else is in the building. Yeah, they all show up. They all walk in. So Brad and Dr. Frankenfurter all walk in on um, on the two lovebirds having sex this in is the second Rocky's funniest. vat. Yeah. This is the second funniest. Same, the same. Yeah. <laughs> so they walk in and they're like, oh, and they're like surprised. And then they do Dr. like this Scott. thing yeah, where they start Damn saying it. each other's names Brad. like they're surprised that they're Rocky. there. But it goes on for like... 20 minutes and it's fucking hilarious and it just and Rocky says getting no one's funnier. name <laughs> yeah Rocky's just like blankly just staring yeah <laughs> yeah oh Dr. it's Scott. so good so they have that funny scene and then they look at the security camera from outside and they see that there's some guy at the door and it's a guy that's like in a it's like an older guy that's like in a wheelchair and so I don't know. Does he do like some kind of magnet or something where he like somehow eats him into the building? Yeah. He like, (laughs) he like somehow turns on something, some magnet and he basically attracts the wheelchair to where he's standing. So the guy goes from being outside, like speeds through the house to get to where they are so that they can talk to him. That's Dr. Scott. So he's there for that scene. He's there for the Dr. Scott. Yeah. And they, right. And they identify him. Yeah, you're right. And they identify him as the teacher that they were planning to go see. Mm-hmm. It all ties together. Yes. Yeah. So he then reveals that he's there looking for Eddie, who's Meatloaf's character, um, who happens to mm-hmm. be his nephew. And he also reveals that the Transylvanians are aliens, which mm-hmm. I'm like, is this guy his like their like neighbor and he just like casually knows that they're aliens like I don't really understand but I guess I don't need to understand that he so he was a science teacher and he's how Brad and Janet met he was a high school science teacher but now he investigates UFOs for the government (laughs) (laughs) obviously got it got it got it got it got it got it okay so that's Um. how Dr. Scott ties in (laughs) I understand now perfect (laughs) it all makes sense now so then Dr. Frankenfurter tells them that they're all going to eat dinner together it cuts to them all at dinner and they're some of them are still in their underwear and it's hilarious and they're all sitting around 
and you can tell there's a lot of tension and I think a big part of it is because Dr. Frankenfurter is like low-key mad at Rocky for like hooking up with Janet and mad at Janet for hooking up with Rocky it's a great scene because we have Riff Raff handing him a huge slab of meat then we have Magenta handing him like this uh, like electric meat cutter and he just like grabs it really dramatically and starts cutting the meat and it's hilarious I mean, like slapping it onto everyone's plate slapping it angrily on everyone's plate and then he puts on this ridiculous birthday hat this is the part where we all put our birthday obviously hat on. yeah and he starts singing to rocky he's like half-heartedly doing it because he's mad at him and he doesn't even finish singing this song he just like stops like with like the last chorus to go and everyone else continues singing and then realizes he stopped and then just, they just stop singing and what it's really awkward. It's so good. He like he's like I want to make sure everyone here knows that I'm upset. <laughs> For your next birthday I'm going to do that to you. Wait did I forget I don't know when he says great Scott so I have to throw hold on. I threw my toilet paper. It's oh not is that when the toilet paper I was wondering what the toilet paper how so that it's whenever he says great scott and you're supposed to throw scott brand toilet paper mm. i think this is food lion brand but yeah it's not as fun i think I, it's not as fun alone <laughs> we're gonna i'm just you know what this is a warm-up for whenever i'm in full garb in yeah a bunch of strangers <laughs> full garb Pro- getting I can't my throwing wait. arm ready this will probably be around halloween because i feel like that's when like the midnight showings really amp up so it'll have to you're be gonna be halloween. so cold <laughs> Yeah, well, what you're are you gonna, gonna do? be very chilly. I'm definitely not gonna walk around downtown Philly dressed like that, or definitely Raleigh <laughs> like that. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. So Let's go. I'm, come here; it'll be warmer. I'll wear a trench coat. It'll be extra weird. <laughs> that's that's perfect. Honestly, perfect. A lab <laughs> yeah. coat. A lab coat. Yeah, we'll both wear lab coats. Um, I love it. Yeah. So then, the teacher. What's his name? Doctor Scott. Dr. Scott. Dr. Scott. He goes into this like story about how like Eddie was kind of a bad guy. And I guess it's just supposed to make you not really care that he's dead. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's supposed to brace you for the next beat of this movie. Yeah. Which is. (laughs) Which is, I mean, Dr. Frankenfurter making this hilarious joke about the, I forget how he says it, but it's like something about how the meat is tender and does anyone want any more like right after he talks about Eddie and so it's like the implication is like that they're eating Eddie <laughs> and then in case that what the implication wasn't strong enough yeah he rips back the tablecloth and it's yeah on, it's like a casket with Eddie's like partially eaten remains yeah it's so weird it. it's so weird it's bizarre why is and there a casket scene, in this table I don't know if we're in a don't you're you're asking the wrong questions like <laughs> we don't know we just but all I will accept say that it was cool for this scene, only Tim Curry, obviously he knew he like what was underneath the tablecloth because he had to pull it back, but no one else did. It's obviously oh not meatloaf. It's like a very obvious like dummy. Yeah. But that was like, he, they wanted to get a genuine reaction of like, whoosh, <laughs> which I thought was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love when they do that to actors. It's so funny. I, I do enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Die Hard is the best example. Wait, Die Hard? Yeah. Die Hard. Whenever they drop, I don't know his name. Spoilers for Die Hard, I guess. But when they drop Alan Bruce Willis. Oh wait, what? Alan Rickman. When they drop Alan Rickman in Die Hard. Haven't seen Die Hard. 
Don't come for me. Oh my God. Ugh. I can't. You know Jesus. what? I'm in a good mood. I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> Letting it slide for pride. Let's the keep office on going. almost convinced me to watch Die Hard, but I still haven't. We're going to do it at Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. We'll That's what there. I hear. Okay. Sounds yep, good. It is. <laughs> anyway, back anyway, to Dr. Scott. Back everyone, to Eddie. everyone runs out screaming and everyone's upset. And. They all find themselves in the lab again. I'm not sure how, but they're like all in the lab. And Dr. Frankenfurter decides to turn them all into stone with a... He uses his Medusa transducer. <laughs> pull the lever. So he pulls the lever and they turn into stone one at a time. Naked stone. Naked stone, yeah. I don't know how, but okay. With the Medusa transducer. <laughs> Obviously, obviously. And then he dresses their like stone statues in like similar to what he was wearing at the beginning of the movie, which is like a black corset and fishnets feathers. and their and feathers. It's very and cabaret. Also, it's like a cabaret sexy. Yes. Yeah. And Corsity. like like makeup that's like almost clown-like but not clown-like it's just like more than like normal amount of makeup yeah you could say that again (laughs) definitely has like white faces and like the amount of eyeshadow he's been wearing all movie thank god yeah the smoky eye the smoky eye is on point um he de-medusas them with the opposite lever the de-medusa the (laughs) de-medusa and they turn into people again each of them sings a song about their own sexual awakening, basically. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of a good summary? Yeah, that's a because this is the floor show, because right. Frank is like, hey, it's time for the floor show. The floor show, and, which is like, what? Okay. Yeah, time for the floor show, because they have like a, a stage complete with like an RKO tower and like a yeah. swimming pool. And yeah, yeah, and they're doing this performance number where they're singing about like their sexuality, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then they all jump into the pool that's in the center of the stage. And they have like a mini pool orgasm, basically. I love that, yeah. They all like jump in the pool and nuzzle. (laughs) Yeah, they have like a pool orgy real quick. A brief pool orgy. Yeah, just a casual pool orgy. You know that this movie was filmed in England in the winter and that this pool... And, you know, the surrounding scenes where they're wet, basically everyone got sick and Susan Sarandon got pneumonia. (gasps) Oh my God. (laughs) Poor Sue. I know. Poor Susan. She got pneumonia? She got pneumonia. So they had one room in this castle that had a bunch of space heaters that they would use to warm up, but the room caught on fire. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, they tried. Just Point casually caught fire one day. This this castle still exists. It's still it's in England, and um, it's beautiful. It's like a luxury sort of resorty hotel. Oh wow! Uh, I look. Yeah, I looked it up, and I was really disappointed to look inside of it and see like beautiful modern furnishings and not like oh, clocks yeah. with skeletons in them. <laughs> so there's no clocks with skeletons. Oh, not in the images online. <laughs> yeah he didn't show them yeah the british people are a little more classy than we are <laughs> i don't know this movie was made by british people <laughs> british people are crazy <laughs> people are crazy and then right after this scene riff raff walks in with magenta and they're in full alien getup. so they're in like mm-hmm. up to this point he was dressed like a butler and he had like a hump and she was She's dressed like a maid her. and she had like crazy frizzy hair and yeah exactly Igor um and then now for this scene his like 
long blonde hair with bald patch on top is like in this cool like alien hairdo and I'm obsessed with it. It's pretty dope. It's basically just like a bun, like a really big like bun on the top of his head and he's wearing like silver, um, like a silver outfit with like these huge plastic black like protruding um accents <laughs> it's hard to explain i want to make it i want to i i'm so glad that you're talking about the costumes because the costumes are such an important part yeah of this movie and that's yeah. why i'm so glad people still recognize that like sue blaine is an icon yeah like, being the costume director exactly and they were like oh in case you forgot that these people are all aliens like here's two very alien looking people to remind you yes um, <laughs> so and then Magenta is wearing like the exact outfit, but she has Bride of Frankenstein hair, um, and it it's looks great. like freaking amazing. It looks amazing. They both look incredible. They both look really good because up to that point they just look like like maids and butlers, and then they look like really cool alien people. Anyway, um, <laughs> so then they have like this monologue about how they plan to go back to their planet because Doctor Frankenfurter is like being too like rash with his decisions and like isn't. I guess yeah. <laughs> they're not, they don't like what he's been doing, whatever. So they decide they want to go back to their planet, but they tell him that they're going to kill him first. There's like this scene and it's, I'm assuming this is the scene that made you emotional, Kate. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. There's like this <laughs> scene where you can explain it if you want. I feel like I'll be, ah. you explain it. Oh, it's beautiful. Okay. So this is a scene. It's a Tim Curry ballad that we are gifted where <laughs> Riff Raff and Magenta show up. They're like, hey, sh- party's over. Like, we want to go back to our planet um, and, like, point their, like, creepy gun at... Their laser beam gun. Yeah, their laser beam gun. So Frank <laughs> assumes, like, he's going to be taken as prisoner. So he is. he's really devastated about it. He like loves this life that he's made even though it's a mess he loves what he like grabbing earthlings and having sex with them he loves his life he loves his way of life and he doesn't want to go home and he doesn't want to stop doing what he's doing and being who he he is and so we have this beautiful ballad of I'm going home where he wipes his makeup off and catches a scarf in the air and dances with it it's fucking perfect please go watch it yeah it's beautiful i wept it's amazing because i like like even though he's done some shady shit i still love dr frankenfurter right i still love him and people still love him people are still on his side columbia even after her boyfriend got like eaten killed and eaten is still like obsessed with him yeah because he's just such a personality he's so fascinating and perfect and he gives this ballad of just like i don't want to stop being who I am, even though, yeah. So he does, he doesn't want to go back to his planet. Basically. Yeah, I read that as I don't want to stop being who I am. Like I've, I am very comfortable in my skin now. I don't want to stop. Yeah, that's a very good point. It's very emotional, and I think he's crying during the ballad too, which is really what gets a lot of people, and I think got Kate probably too, and it definitely made me emotional too. I think it was really beautiful. So the part that really made Kate probably really emotional and also me was this part where he's like walking down the main aisle of the theater, which I presume he does in like the original musical too, probably, because that would be a cool part. Um, And he's singing about how he loves his life and he loves who he is and he loves who he's developed into and um, he's going to be true to himself. And as he's walking, he's seeing, or I guess you don't realize it, but he's imagining the audience members 
like asking for his autograph and showing affection and being very supportive. And then he turns around and it's revealed that he was imagining all the audience doing that for him. And it's really, so sad. it's really sad because it's, I'm not sure what the message there is, but it's really hard to watch because it's like, are people not supporting you? Like that's like you feel, it's hard to like feel really supported and then go to the reality, which is that you're not actually as supported as you should be really. Yes. And so he's crying more strongly at this point and it is really a sad ballad but I think that's really the emotional aspect of it too with the audience members not actually being there I have a, a like a, the like the teeny weeniest favor um, to ask so um, obviously I watched that song like three times uh, per viewing so six total so <laughs> I had a brilliant idea so obviously I'm gonna die before you do I've already planned it so whenever <laughs> I die I would love if you can sing this at my funeral. Me? I don't have a good singing voice. That's not the point. I'm going to need you to sing this at my funeral. And I'm also going to need you to um, enforce the dress code that I've already laid out that I'm worried that my family won't respect, which is a dress code for corsets (laughs) and boas. (laughs) Full cabaret garb. Everyone wears corsets. Everyone. Or don't show up. No exceptions. (laughs) No exceptions. That's what a dress code is. And this is playing, and everyone's emotional, and they're catching scarves, and there's fans with oh wind God. blowing. I just That's got chills. It's not much That's amazing. That. Yeah. Yeah. Just got chills. <laughs> Kate's like, just got chills. Kate's like, this scene made me sad, but also wear corsets at my funeral. <laughs> but also, I'm going to need it executed to perfection. <laughs> or I will haunt you. I will haunt I would love for you to haunt me. Please haunt me. I've already promised. Yeah. We've already had this pact where if either of us die, we're going to haunt each other for sure. Yeah. We have a code word. Full serious. Full anyway. serious. For real. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the ray gun. Anyway. So then they oh, shoot lasers out of their yeah. laser beam. Um, and then they accidentally kill Columbia. So Columbia's dead. And mm. then they shoot Dr. Frankenfurter. And mm. then he dies. And... Rocky is upset because although Rocky is like low-key afraid of him slash does not like him, he also loves him as everyone else in this movie. So he becomes upset. Yeah, he gets real upset and like I guess picks him up and puts him on his back and starts to like climb up the ladder that's like in the back of this stage the RKO tower. Yeah, he goes full full Kong. He like climbs up the Yeah, it's like a King Kong tower reference for sure yeah um but then i think they're shooting lasers at him at this point and he's like immune to the lasers i don't know why maybe because he's like not really an alien i don't know maybe he's don't human his muscles oh his muscles yeah he's just a very strong muscular strong character so he does not get killed by the lasers but he ends up falling from the tower or the tower breaks and they both fall into the pool and then he drowns i guess is that the implication okay that's the gist of it it's real sad also the ray gun is um shaped like a pitchfork which i think is hilarious what's shaped like a pitchfork the ray gun it's oh yeah they have when they're oh Oh, i I already forgot what it's called american gothic i already forgot what it's called i think so i got it american goth that's what it's called right yes american gothic i got it right the second time so he has his little pitchfork, <laughs> which is so funny. It's like actually a laser gun. 
which I think is cool continuity. It's like, we didn't need that continuity, but thank you. Yeah, thank you. I didn't, we, we were not expecting that come up, for that to come back around, but I <laughs> yeah. appreciate you did that for me. But thank you, yeah. So then Riff Raff and Magenta tell the couple, um, Janet and Brad and Dr. Scott, to get the fuck out. And as soon as they get out, the castle becomes a spaceship and takes off <laughs> with like the best, worst graphics I've ever seen. And it's amazing. It's amazing. And that's the end. <laughs> And that's the end. It's kind of a downer ending. It is a downer ending, but it's also like a beautiful ending. It's beautiful. And it makes you like, I immediately want to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, like, that was beautiful. I need to time warp right now. Or I'm going to die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's very good. It's very good. I'm so glad you like this movie. Yeah. I liked it. I feel like with context, it's so much better than when I was an awkward 13 year old watching it by myself being like, wait, what? Why? I don't understand. Well, how are you, how are you possibly supposed to understand like what they're talking about? Yeah. Well, it's not even just like the age sexuality thing. It's also literally because this is a part of pop culture. So you get snippets and you're like, is it a horror movie? Like, am I going to like it? Because I definitely liked horror movies in like middle school and high school. And I was really excited to watch it as a kid. And then I was like, this isn't scary, but it's also like awkward and like maybe it's trying to be funny, (laughs) but I don't really understand. Like (laughs) (laughs) if you've never seen it, it's meant to be funny and keep that in mind or watch it with someone who loves it and then you will appreciate it. I agree. I do not think that this is something that you should just like watch with no context. But if you've listened to this episode, now you have context. Now you have context. That's the context. Yeah. Now go watch it. Go watch this movie. If you haven't watched it, if you've already watched it, uh, just watch it. And also, (laughs) happy pride, y'all. Me telling you the story does not do this justice at all. Like, I tried to put in as many, like, little details as possible because the details make this movie so good. But watching it in person is going to be so much better for you. (laughs) Like, as sexy as Ariana's voice is. It's not as sexy as Tim Curry's face. Tim Curry <laughs> in is this amazing. Movie. <laughs> Great actor. Can't believe this was his first movie. That's freaking mind blowing. First movie. Yeah. I watched this and then last night, because obviously I'm now on a Tim Curry binge. So obviously. I, obviously. So I rented Clue and I'm watching Clue right now. Clue. <laughs> with Nick. Oh my God. Wasn't he in Home Alone? Great too? movie. Yeah, he's in the second <laughs> Home Alone. Awesome. And It, obviously, too. It. And obvious, obviously he's Pennywise. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Anyways, so before we go into the rating and ultimately the ranking, I do want to go ahead and give my opinion that no one has asked for, which is I have ranked the top three songs of this movie. (laughs) Great. What are they? And even looking at it, I'm rearranging them before I say it. I mean, it's so hard. I can't can't even guess what you're going to say because there's so many. And I'm going to offend you guys no matter what. So I just want to give a couple of, I have honorable mentions, but I'll save them at the end. Okay. So um, number three is I'm Going Home. It's the ballad. It's the Aww. Tim Curry ballad. Yeah. I put it at number one and Nick's like, that's depressing. So I moved it. So <laughs> Oh, Nick. It's definitely the best one. I mean, it depends it's on beautiful. what your standards are. Like what, what you're trying so, to go for. So I'm going for like a good song, good for the movie. And also just like, like I want to listen to it again. Yeah. Good song. <laughs> Good Fair. Song. So I, I put that one at number three. Number two, I have Sweet Transvestite. That one's a no-brainer. Obviously. Iconic. What will be number one? Uh, Tim Curry's entrance what will be and number his one? exit. Girl, you already know what number one is. Oh, I know what it is. Wait, can I guess it's it? It's the time warp, baby. Oh, okay, okay. 
people who don't know Rocky Horror know the time warp. It's iconic. It's yeah. classic. I yeah. absolutely am obsessed with the narrator here. I'm obsessed with Riff Raff. I'm obsessed with everything about this song yeah. from the beginning to the end. And it makes me so, 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 so happy. So for that reason, yeah. I gave it my number one slot. But again, this this ranking is different than it was before I started recording this episode. It's I moved it around <laughs> even as we were talking. It's fluid. It's a fluid there ranking. There we go. There we go. It's a very <laughs> fluid ranking. So unlike our scoreboard, which is rigid and unforgiving, we'll get there. <laughs> unforgiving. You'll hate Those it. Those are my top three, but I also gave um, two honorable mentions. Uh, one to Tacha Tacha. I thought that was going to be your number one. It's so good. I had heard that one before seeing this, so I feel like that one's also in pop culture. Yeah, I think Tacha Tacha is definitely in pop culture. I just love this moment where Janet's like, um, I choose sex and aliens. I love that for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that choice. It's really good. That one, and yeah. then I gave Hot Patootie an honorable mention just because yeah. it's like an impressive, it's a technically impressive song to me. Yeah, and you're riding a motorcycle while you're fucking singing it. Or... sick, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fucking dope, meatloaf. Yeah, yeah. Well done. But if I could, well if I could put all of them in this list. Oh, oh, oh! And I and I had um, over at the Frankenstein place at number one at one point. I've moved it now to. Oh my god! I know, I know. Such a wild card. I Jesus. know, I know. I moved it to the honorable <laughs> mentions because I'm like people aren't gonna get it. Um, but again, it's also like you don't a get it. Forty five second song. <laughs> yeah. But I really yeah. like it. It's I like anytime Susan Sarandon has a solo. I like that it's like this final moment of innocence. And I also really like Riff Raff's solo a lot, where he shifts from like a male to a female key. I thought that was just like yeah. really, 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 really good. And it's also just really yeah. um, inspiring. I thought it was, I thought it conveys the message of the movie before you even know what the movie's about. Right. Where they're talking about like, and, and this is a line that I really like where Susan Sarandon is talking about like, in the darkest night, there's a guiding star, no matter what or who you are. So it's like, Aww. whoever, whatever you identify as, like there, there is a light and it's over at the Frankenstein place where you can be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's very and, nice. And that's what Rocky Horror is all about. It's about freedom. It's about self-expression and hope and love. And I love that. Yeah. Same. And I'm Aww, a big old nice. sap. Happy pride. So I was like, number one. And Nick's like, Kate, no. <laughs> it's 30 seconds long. <laughs> number one. It means a lot to the movie. No, I it get does. It does. It really does. a good does. message. I love yeah. it. So, yeah, that's my ra- that's yeah. my ranking of the songs. Wait, what are your favorite songs? Aww. What's your favorite song in this movie? You have to pick. I really like I really like the Touch a Touch a song. I knew it. It's so it's so funny and it's so like on point. I love Janet's transition. And I think it's probably just cuz like I identify with her the most obviously because like I'm a straight woman and whatever. So she <laughs> no, starts off as like that. a square. <laughs> she starts off as like a major vanilla square and she just like, you know, has her, her own sexual awakening. And I think that's so cute. So I really like that song. Plus I love Susan Sarandon so much. Love her so much. And I love that it's her just like very like coming on to Rocky with like everything she's got. That's what I also <laughs> love. I love when women like subvert like the gender norms yes. like sexually. Yes. Like where it's just like way too, you coming on like way too strong. I think that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. She literally like, like grabs Rocky's lot. little hand and just like puts it right on her bra. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. She's that's like, like good. this. Yeah. He's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's love that shit. I like it good choice excellent mm-hmm. choice excellent excellent choice yeah that was in my top three oh at one God. point 
I know that I can I can say yeah. that about every song because that's true. But <laughs> I know there's so many good ones. It's so good. Kate, do you want to play a game? <gasps> dun dun. I wasn't ready. Oh yes, I, I want to play the game. What game? <laughs> do you want to play a game? I want to play the game. <laughs> All right. So I only have. Okay, so it's two truths and a lie. <gasps> okay. And I have three tidbits of info so you have to tell me which one of these is the lie okay hold on crack the knuckles i'm ready (laughs) kate's very competitive with herself so (laughs) this is gonna go great (laughs) i'm ready you know it's true of course it's it's true true, especially when it comes to things that i have proclaimed that i am passionate about i'm like i have to get 100 (laughs) all right all right ready i'm ready number one Okay, wait, before we start. Oh, God. I'm going to go through them quicker or either that or don't tell me how you feel about each one as I go because I feel like you always tell me how you feel and then I give it away because I'm like, yes or no, like right off the bat. So let's not do that because I'm really bad about telling you how I feel about it. Anyway, okay, so don't tell me how you feel. Just like contemplate, okay? Okay, I'll contemplate. Um, num- <laughs> number one. Ariana's like, shut your goddamn Chevy mouth Chase. for like two seconds. <laughs> well, I shut get this out. up, No. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, you already have me with Chevy Chase. Please continue. Chevy Chase, audition for Brad. That's number one. Whoa. Number two, in the Touch Me song, they wanted Susan Sarandon to be completely naked. It's so hard not to talk right now. I know. You can talk after I say all three of them. That way you can't give it away. I can't give it away. It's a me problem. In uh, the original play, Dr. Frankenfurter was blonde. I don't know. Those are your three. Um, <laughs> I cannot imagine Chevy Chase auditioning for this, but this was like the time when Chevy Chase was like popular, like very popular. I don't, I just can't imagine Frankenfurter being blonde because I, I just can't imagine it and I hate it. So I hope that's not true. Naked, you say? Mm-hmm. Completely naked. I'm going to go with Chevy Chase. As the false one? No, wait. It's two truths and a lie. Shit. <laughs> oh no that's <laughs> oh no I'm gonna, then I'm gonna go with the blonde the blonde one is a truth shut the fuck up Dr. Frankenfurter was blonde in the original play no I had no idea and I don't like it I don't like it I don't like that okay so that means that the lie is either Chevy Chase did not audition or Susan Sarandon did not actually have to be naked I'm gonna say the naked Chevy, fuck, naked, naked one. Naked one's a lie. Naked one is also true. You're joking, no! (laughs) I win, I never won one of these. No, I'm so devastated. (laughs) I'm so happy right now. (laughs) I'm so sad that one, I got this wrong, two, that Frankenfurter was blonde, and three, that we missed out on like full nudity Susan Sarandon. Just devastated on all accounts. Well, Susan Sarandon, had multiple movies in which she was completely nude prior to this movie. Good for her. And so they were like, you're okay with nudity? Can you be nude for this scene? And she was like, nah. She's like, no, it's winter and I'm freezing and have pneumonia. She's like, I have pneumonia. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. She's like, let me have my bra. Dear let me God. Keep the bra on. <laughs> I think it's funnier the with the bra. slip in the bra. I know, it's pretty funny. And the slip like dwindles throughout the movie. Yeah, I, lo- I like how the slip, she keeps like ripping pieces off of it. I love that. Well, the first one is false. And the truth is that Steve Martin auditioned for Brad. (gasps) 
He didn't get it? <laughs> he didn't what? get it. You fools. Listen, I love Brad as much as the next person, but y'all should have put fucking Steve Martin in this movie. This is why I feel like it didn't work if Steve Martin had been in it. He would have made it so much more funny. He would have stolen the show right. is how I feel about it. He would have been over the top because to be fair, Janet and Brad were not like overtly funny characters. No, they were like they were funny, funny in. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like Steve Martin is like so fucking funny. He would have distracted from You're the rest of You're probably right. But like, I love Steve Martin so much. I think Chevy Chase would have probably been really good at this role. That's why I picked him because he's like an awkward guy. He's definitely situationally funny. I think he's just such a dick and he is goofy, but he can reel that in. Yeah. <laughs> he's just such a dick. I love Chevy Chase. You I think love he's so, Chevy Chase? He's so freaking hilarious. Yeah. Vacation. I never watched it. Oh my God. Listen, Christmas vacation. This Christmas, oh my God. I show you die hard. Hold up. I show you Christmas vacation. <laughs> Dude, it's funny. You would find I it really funny. I just missed it. Like, I don't have anything against it. I just completely, we never watched that. There's not a chance that my mother would have let us yeah. watch that movie. Not a chance. <laughs> in hell why it's not no bad. it's not it's... bad but it's like um it would have given her migraine <laughs> oh yeah i mean it is very like anxiety yeah for sure <laughs> my mother would never in a million me as years. a kid who's not in charge of the holidays is anxious watching that movie. <laughs> i tried to show my mom because the grinch the jim carries the grinch is very like nick showed that to me because obviously my mom not a chance in hell would my mom have let us watch that and Nick said that to me whenever we were dating. And I was like, this is hilarious. And we watch it every single Christmas. Oh, yeah. Jim Carrey. Yeah, it's iconic. Hell, yeah. And I was like, and Nick's like, your mom would love it. I'm like, you don't know my mom that well yet. <laughs> like, we had just started dating. And mm. I'm like, no. And so I watch it with my mom. And literally, she had her eyes closed for parts of it. Because <laughs> it just. <laughs> She's like falling asleep. <laughs> no, because it stressed her out. <laughs> oh, She's like, no. I can't look. Yeah, they're feeding, they're feeding him pudding. Like, there's things coming out of his teeth. Oh, God. She can't handle oh, it. Oh, God, yeah. No, it's definitely a lot. And Christmas Vacation, definitely. I, I wouldn't recommend watching that if you're in any way a little bit anxious. <laughs> like, it's really, it's really intense. I'm ready. But I it's think I can really funny. It. <laughs> I think I can handle it. Devastated I All lost right. this game already. There's how many more? There's some more, though, right? Yeah. I can redeem myself. No, that's it. <gasps> that's the one. That's that's all I have for that's you. That's it? And I lost? <laughs> You get an F minus. No! <laughs> My heart. Oh, this makes me so happy. Ariana, when I tell you I studied this movie, like I studied it. Do you know the original name of this movie? I think I already said mm. it. No, I don't think I did. You said it, or but I play. forgot it. I think it. it was of the play. Yeah, you forgot it. I mean, I forgot it. What is it? Was, it was They Came From Denton High, so... Which is oh, very yeah. much like an it ode to like fifties schlocky horror. Yeah, that's fair. But this is yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Rocky horror picture show. Yeah, it doesn't really explain anything, but it explains everything. Exactly. <laughs> it's like come on in. We'll explain some of it. <laughs> yeah, which I guess horror is the last name. Rocky's last name technically is it. Um, which I didn't realize until I was watching the opening credits and they credited him as Rocky Horror. Oh yeah, that's right. They do. Why does he have a yeah. last name? Why isn't it Furter? I don't know. I know, right? It's Rocky. Well, Furter. they didn't want to give it away. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Wait, don't you want to do critical reception? Oh, I th I thought I kind of talked about that a lot actually. <laughs> oh, do you I want don't to know guess how the critics versus audience liked oh, it. Yeah. Okay, so I don't I don't actually know like the Rotten Tomatoes of this movie. And I'm worried. I'm going to say, I'm going to say critics like this movie. I'm going to say that this is like 
a 93. No. I'm scared. I, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go with my gut. I think critics liked it. I'm going to give it like a 93 from critics. No, I, I think critics didn't get it. I'm going to say a <laughs> 71 from critics and like 91 for audience. I think audience liked it more. <gasps> but people don't like this movie. Um, Audience did like it more. Okay. Critics were 78. So you were in the 70s. Hey, That's okay, right. good. Um, and audience was 85. So a little bit less. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not thrilled. Yeah. But I'm okay with it. It's respectable. I'm not That's very thrilled. respectable. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is a polarizing movie. So honestly, well done. Right. Happy with right. this. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Now it's the hard part. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Kate's going to get mad. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I know she's going to get mad. Even if I'm like, let's put it at the top. She'll be like, let's put it at the very top. <laughs> Funny you mention that. What if we did put it at the very top? <laughs> Better than the thing? Oh, Ugh, see, I don't know. I don't know if I can let it unseat the thing. Yeah. But I also think I can, can definitely let it unseat the thing. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. I'll tell you this. This is definitely top 10. Okay. This is absolutely well, what's top your, 10. Well, what's your rating? Oh, um, this is like... 15 out of 10 laser pitchfork guns. <laughs> I was going to say. 20 out of 10. Okay. <laughs> but that's oh, just me. Man. And I don't expect everybody to, you know, get obsessed with it. And as Ariana knows, I'm either like, if I'm in, I'm all in. So I'm all, I, all yeah. my chips are in for this movie. Yeah. I get that it's supposed to be funny. And I definitely liked it and understood it better the second time I watched it. I think that it has horror elements, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. I like that there's aliens and a Frankenstein allegory and cannibalism, murder. Like it's clearly horror elements, but it's not meant to scare you. I am not a huge fan of horror comedies in general, more so. Like I like them as much as I like really any other comedy, but like I like horror movies like so much more than any other movie. So yeah, you're a bit of a horror purist in like the best way. I know. Yeah, that's the problem. It's like I like this movie because it's tangential, and like would I watch this movie because I want to watch something like spooky and quirky? Yes, but I, I in my head, it, it's not something that I would have like horror movie love for, but. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 shiny gold boxer briefs. Yay! That's perfect. That's a good score. I'm very happy with that score. Yeah. I appreciate everything it's done for LGBTQ people. Queer youths. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get it. I get... I love the message. I love the sex positivity. And I like that it's still relevant, you know, like 40 years later. I think that's freaking cool. So, I get it. I like it. Yay. Yay. Except. All right. So you said top 10 for you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, God. There's so many good ones in the top 10. I know. This is top three for me. I don't. I didn't want to tell you that too quickly. But oh, Jesus. And okay. I recognize that I may need to compromise on this. I recognize that. I have prepared myself. Nick has prepared me. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, she says this is top three for her, which means this is going above American Psycho, above mm-hmm. Poltergeist, above mm-hmm. The Exorcist, above yeah. Psycho. Yeah. So, you know. Absolutely. We yeah. have some <laughs> We have some pretty big names in our top ten. Yeah. This this is above Jennifer's body, which is number four. And I, I know you love Jennifer's love body. Jennifer's body. I also love Jennifer's body. I agree. Amazing. If you guys need another Pride Horror movie, go watch that one. <laughs> it's a great oh, yeah, Pride Horror movie. Yeah. 
You're right. Yeah, Jennifer's Body's a really good pride horror. And Very it's like, gay. I feel like they marketed it poorly, and so it's oh, pretty even, underrated. Don't even get me started on how they marketed it. I know. Yeah. If you want to like, like, hear it about out, it, we have a whole episode on it, and I yeah. am pissed about it. <laughs> the disrespect. No, I agree. I think everyone's finally figuring out what it is for what it is, and not just some like thing for men to watch Megan Fox make out with no, Amanda Seyfried. Like, it's the opposite. It's way more than that. Yeah. Diablo it's so Cody's good. a genius. Yeah. Um, Kate, why don't you just put this wherever you want? Because no. <laughs> I don't feel strongly about anywhere in here <laughs> in the top 10. It's going to be hard for me to do any of this. So why don't you just put it where you want to put it? Uh, number one, man. You think this is better than the thing? <laughs> I, I kind of do. Oh my God. I'm just like, <laughs> so they're so different. They're so completely different. I know. I think if I'm being yeah. more true to what horror is, this is below the thing, but which one do I want to watch again? This and I and I but and I will watch the thing every single month. I love the thing. I have a poster right yeah. there. I'm looking at it. Yeah, but this one resonates with me. <laughs> yeah, and the thing it I, means it, a lot. It means it just means a lot to me. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'll, I'll tell you what. If you let me put this any, if you let me put this in the top three, I will be so happy. If you let me put this in the top five, I will be thrilled. I would be okay with it being the new number five. Wow. Straight to the bottom. See, this is what you did to me last time. <laughs> We're literally putting it above American Psycho. Like, yeah. that shit's so good. It's so good. I love American Psycho. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. This one's better. And I love American Psycho. I love it. Which is I know, written I'm saying by we can put a it gay author. It. Yeah. Brett Easton Ellis. American Psycho. Gay author. Go Pride. Maybe we should put the gay Pride ones together. Jennifer's Body... Rocky Horror Picture Show, American Psycho. They Don't can be segregate us. I'm just kidding. Friendly together. Yeah, I like that. No, they can I li- have a little I like party. That they can support each other. Yeah, I kind of love that. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> let's let's group them for their annual Transylvanian convention. <laughs> yeah. This exactly. One. Can this be? All right, so this is number five. So this is below American Psycho. You said. No, it can go above. It can be the new number five. Okay. So it's like Jennifer's Body, then Rocky Horror Picture Show, then American Psycho. Yeah. I accept this. I accept okay. these terms. <laughs> All right. That was relatively bloodless. <laughs> That's because I just consented. <laughs> oh, no. You did. Thank you. Hey, you give it an eight. That's like the highest you've given anything so far. That's not true. I, what did we? It is true. Uh, let's see. I really like. Nothing has um, gotten above a seven with you. Wait, really? Is that true? Yeah, you do not go above seven. I think I gave Disturbia. Didn't I give Disturbia a higher one? I don't know. I don't remember. No, you gave it a seven. Did I? Oh, Okay. Yeah, well, I think so. I don't actually know. I mean, in my head, I feel like if if a movie that we watch is more than just a horror movie, you know, then it's going to be higher ranked, even if it's not something that I want to watch a million times or am scared by. Like, I think it, you know, transcends what we define horror as. And I also think it does qualify as horror. So that's why I think it is, you know, better than going at the bottom, I guess. <laughs> it is better than going at the bottom. <laughs> the top is better. <laughs> I love it. This makes me happy. I'm happy with how this ended because as I've said, I've been like terrified and having stomach aches that you were going to be like, this is dumb. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> no, it's good. But I'm just, I'm, I'm so glad that you liked it. I'm so glad that you laughed at the same things that made me laugh. That oh, just makes I was, me happy. I was dying. Yeah. Literal LOL. Find you like this. <laughs> Yeah. 
literal lols it was great literal lols well yeah i'm i'm happy with this ranking i had so much fun watching this twice researching it was an absolute blast and uh, talking about it again today with you and declurb i love it i love our club i love i love all you guys everyone listening we love you so much this club is nothing without you (laughs) you're everything to us we love you we love you don't forget to go on instagram and vote for what or, or send in suggestions for what creature feature you want us to cover for our next movie. <gasps> creature feature. Creature feature. Lady in the and water. Forget, I'm just kidding. If, <laughs> no, stop talking Paul about Giamatti. Lady in the Water. <laughs> Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Her favorite actor. <laughs> He's just, no it's just better. so random. It's just so random. It's so <laughs> random and unexpected. Yeah. Pat's freaking... Shyamalan for you I know I love it going out of left left field well thank you guys for listening to this whole episode if you want to drop us a line you can find us at nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com we also have a website just nightlighthorrormovieclub.com making it easy for you and don't forget if you liked this podcast please write a review let your friends know we are slowly but surely growing this club into something really really big and cool and um the bigger the club is the more cool fun things that we get to do with it like these competitions and i just like getting more opinions in there so i'm I'm having fun watching it grow but we need you guys to do it so thank you so much already for everything you do for us yeah just one more plug for my website (laughs) yeah it's a sexy (laughs) my baby yeah go on the website there's awesome stuff there if you want to listen to an old episode you can scroll through our old episodes um, if you want merch, you can go look at our merch. We have some new merch. <gasps> the it's merch. Great. Yeah, I'm excited to Cute see merch. what Rocky Horror merch comes out. Um, I'm sure that'll be a bestseller. But if you want 10% off, code is Nightlight. Don't forget to use it at checkout so you can save your money. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say is that, and Kate doesn't know this yet. We haven't talked about it. But um, I'm going to try oh. in the next few days to weeks to work on making a Facebook group so that everyone can talk to each other and get to know each other on Facebook. Um, So stay tuned for that. We'll be posting on social media once that's a thing so everyone can join in and we can have a stronger community. I'm so excited for that. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Yay. Oh my god. I can't wait to bond with everybody. I know. We can all chat about form alliances. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, form alliances. (laughs) <laughs> so excited oh yay yay yeah. perfect well i mean that's i think we have you know talked about just about everything there is to talk about with rocky horror just kidding there's more there's always there's more so much that more. i didn't get to there's so much but this was a blast and we will see you guys next time and don't forget to stay spoopy stay spoopy It's astounding, time is fleeting, madness takes its toll, but listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control.